And a good Friday morning to you. It is Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn Clark. Of course, Griffin's here. Mike is here. And since it's Friday, that means Press Box is Chief Grand Poobah. Stan the Fan Charles must be here as well. Good morning, sir. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, I, I am most amazed am- that we were both able to make it. In oh, time. after I had to do, we had to do our picks this morning. And then I had to, I mean, you know what I had to do? I had to rent a helicopter I, today. Uh, really? You think, you know what? You can question some people's dedication. You can question how much other people are trying. You can question, where you know, I don't have a long-term where contract. They, where did they land it? Oh, actually, at Calvert Hall, right at on the football Calvert field. Hall. Remarkable that, how that, that works. Sense. I hopped out. Yep, absolutely. That explains why I didn't hear it either. Yeah, it was a little bit over that way, but yeah, no, I, I, yeah. that's the length that ta- I'm willing to go to. It's taking off, though. I can see it now. I see it right now. That's the length I'm willing to go to to be here. Most important question today, obviously, because it's going to determine how today's show goes. Were you able to get your powdered donut today? Oh yeah. All right. Well, then oh, we got a, we got yeah. a hell of a show oh, on tap yeah. for you. Oh yeah. Griffin, did you send that thing to me? I would, I would like to share that. I would like to get that out there. Ted, I, I promise can't you. Share it because I it's ate on the way. it. Yeah. I <laughs> ate yeah. it. Yeah. Thank you, Stan. I uh, I promise you, you're not watching Weekend at Bookies right now. I promise you that if you're on YouTube, something else entirely. Something else. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Stan the fans here. We got a busy show on tap. Uh, coming up this hour, Charlie Batch is going to preview the Steelers for us. Of course, former Steelers quarterback. I've never forgiven him for coming into Baltimore and beating the Ravens, but we've been able to be friends over the years because the Ravens did turn around and win the Super Bowl that year, so they got the last laugh. Didn't he wear All's number good. 10? Did he wear number 10 for the for the Steelers? I don't remember that he – for some reason I feel like it was 16 that he okay. wore. Or maybe that's just because it's in his Twitter handle. Maybe okay. maybe I don't – maybe I've just made that his number okay. over the years. All right. But uh, in 2012, he wore 16, 16, 16 for the Steelers. 16. He came in. He came into Baltimore, beat the Ravens. But he still does uh, post game uh, out in Pittsburgh on the radio. We're going to catch up with Charlie Batch. He's always number ten to me in your heart. Correct. <laughs> there are no more. Stan said all along there are no more than nine Charlie Batches in the world that he likes better than this Charlie Batch that's going to join us. Well, he's always a ten to me. You know uh, what I mean. Well, I can think of a few people that are more tens to me. Yeah. Um, also this morning, Bo Smolka, Pressbox Ravens beat writer. We will catch up with the great Trent Dilfer, former Super Bowl champion. He has a new gig. He is the head football coach at UAB, which I think kind of came out of nowhere for most people. Um, he had been coaching at the high school level and... You know, that's the route that he ended up going. So we'll look forward to catching up. First, with Deion Dilfer. Sanders, and now and they're they're e- they're getting equal attention too. Biff, po- yeah. Biff Pogey, Biff Pogey, correct. What yeah. a crew, Deion Sanders. What a crew. Uh, two former Ravens and a Baltimore guy. Right yeah. there, yeah. you go. Uh, so we'll catch up with Trent Dilfer. I'm sure Deion will make an appearance any moment now. I'm sure he's he's going to be the next to check in with us. And uh, also this morning, we will uh, go out to Pittsburgh again because Miles Boykin is scheduled to join us. The former Raven, now Steeler. Oh, that's who wore number 10. I don't. Did he wear number 10? He might have worn number 10. (laughs) I don't remember. I think he was 80. 80. Yeah, 80. That sounds right. This is how little they used Miles Boykin. I've kind of forgotten what number he wore in Baltimore. He's wearing 13 with the Steelers. Good for Miles. Uh, We'll catch up with him. And I got a a bad feeling that this could be the Miles Boykin revenge game of some sort on uh, Sunday. Kevon Seymour versus uh, Miles Boykin on the special team. What a showdown. Um, And also later on in the program, the great Diamond Miller, absolute rock star for the Maryland women's basketball ball team and just last week by the way they had another buzzer beater last night it wasn't uh, diamond miller last night it was shy sellers uh who had a buzzer beater they ended to up beat. winning that game they beat purdue? they beat purdue and it was a three-pointer at the buzzer wow and again they've got a flair for the dramatic 
Um, Diamond Miller, of course, hit the buzzer beater at Notre Dame, and they've got a huge game this Sunday against UConn, so we will chat with her about all of that. So busy day, Stan the Fan. Today's show brought to you by the Baltimore County Police Department. They have a huge community hiring event and food drive and toy drive coming up tomorrow at the Timonium Fairgrounds from 2 to 6. If you are thinking about a career change, officer salaries start at over $60,000 plus a $10,000 signing bonus. Cadet salaries start at over $10,000, so maybe you know somebody who's taking a gap year and that might turn into a gap three or four years or a gap life, for example. Maybe you guide them over to the hiring event tomorrow with the Baltimore County Police Department at the Timonium Fairgrounds. They're also collecting non-perishable food items and unwrapped toys. So please make sure you get over there with your donations tomorrow. And then uh, if you can't make it out tomorrow, they can still collect those toys and non-perishable food items at the various Baltimore, area, uh, Baltimore County Police Department precincts in the area throughout next week. So please support them. Join Baltimore County PD dot com in order to find out more stan the first thing we have to cover is what an electric week for the baltimore orioles this week at the winter meetings we talked about it last week what was going to happen my god did they deliver big time franchi cordero and josh lester and Lewin diaz and and, and nomar diaz. mazara and, and oh yeah lift off baby yeah. lift off yeah well, I was kiddingly talking to Luke Jackson about doing a cartoon that's so obvious with Mike Elias and the Oriole bird, you know, lighting a rocket ship uh, okay. for liftoff yeah. and going, do you have another match? Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, if I could have gotten Rasig to do it, I would have. Um, yeah, this is a very disappointing week for the Orioles. Um, uh, Mike used that term when he went to visit the team as you so uh, you you were very prescient on that, saying that he misspoke. I th- thought uh, it was a kind of flip. I, I yeah, that you know, well, he basically was outing his current team by saying we really know we're not good enough to win right now. Uh, so he went down to talk to players uh, to say, hey, the fact that we traded Mancini and Lopez, those were opportunities to get better for the long haul. But from here, it's liftoff. And a lot of people took it. Not not me. Uh, I kept warning people, you know, when they were saying, hey, don't you think they'll extend Adley Rutschman? Uh, this means they're going to uh, spend wildly, mm-hmm. you know, Carlos Rodon. And uh, I, I just knew they weren't talking about that kind of liftoff. But a one-year contract for Kyle Gibson is not – not what I was looking it's not, forward it's, to. It's not an upgrade. It's shuffling the deck chairs from Jordan uh, from Jordan Lyles, right? Yep. It's just a new. This is this year's Jordan Lyles, yep. so it's it, there's no upgrade there. Look, in fact, I, it's a million dollars less for than this you would have if you had picked right. up Jordan Lyles' option. Right. Correct. Um, look, I'm not I'm not worked up about it because to the point I didn't have much didn't in the have way of expectations. expectations. Either, yeah. Um, I even wrote my season-ending column for the last print issue of Pressbox about the the. I don't know, the pratfalls of the next year phrase. Like, it just never felt like next year was the year to me. Now, that being said, I still think that the Orioles have a responsibility to do something that resembles an upgrade. Not just for the fan base. It's what. Look, Mike Elias doesn't personally owe anything to the fan base. But as a franchise, there is a level of we need you to know that we are committed in some sort of way. So, 
anything at all. Sean Maniah is still out there. Chris Bassett's still out there. You know, some, Michael Walker. Michael Walker still, still out there. Something that resembles an actual upgrade. Something that is better than what you had at the end of the year. Just saying, well, hey, we'll have Adley Rutschman on day one, and we'll have Gunnar Henderson on day one. Yes, that's true, and should give you a better opportunity to compete because of it, and the expectation is Grayson Rodriguez might be here on day one. Like, there are reasons to think that internally you can be better than you were a year ago. But I do think that this fan base needs to see you're you're not just saying, hey, look. And, and I'll tell you who the player really was. When you look at the pitching – the, the four-year contracts to James Ty, Jamison Tyon, Tyon, Tejon Walker, mm-hmm. th- those were not areas I probably would have gone into, okay? I wouldn't have gone that high for those two particular guys. But I'll tell you who I would have outbid for a player is Josh Bell would have fit in here and two years at mm-hmm. $13 million a year. Yep. You mean you can't? Go, hey, we'll give you thirteen seven five a year. That's the that's the kind of the, bopper you need. Yeah, in yeah the, it's the kind of bopper you need. It also might light a – it literally helps your lineup. It also might uh, put a fire under Ryan Mountcastle that you're on notice that, hey, we got another guy that can play first base and hit home runs who doesn't strike out, you know, at the level you do, and he gets on base a little bit. You know, we are so focused on the pitching – that why isn't Brandon Drury a guy that we could probably get two years and eight eight and a half a year yep. nine nine a year? Give yourself one more bat, and yeah. he's a DH first baseman, second baseman, outfielder. He's got the versatility. No, instead we get fed Frankie Cordero, Nomar Mazzaro. You know, uh, it, it. You know, and they do talk about Glenn. And I know we got a busy show today, so I won't get on the soapbox too long. Go crazy, but they. But they talk. They're they're making this assumption that attendance is going to pick up. It's an assumption right now. I don't know if there's anything tangible that the Orioles know that more tickets have been sold at this point for next year mm-hmm. than last year or something like that. But it doesn't work that way. That fans are just going to come along for the ride. Unless they get another reason yeah, to. Show me that there's an amount of commitment from yeah. this franchise that this is real. And yeah. that's why I go back to the even more electric than signing someone outside would be, you know, signing an Adley Rutschman long term. Right. Because it's about that word commitment. Like, right. show me that there is a commitment here. That Show me what's different about this ball club now than the last time I gave you. It's, a, it's a last Christmas. I gave you my heart. The very next day, you gave it away, right? Like, show me what's different this time than the last time we did this. And so far, and I get it, it's very early on in the process, the answer is nothing. Yeah. So I do think there's an obligation, at least somewhat from the ball club, to do that for the fan base. But I would go a step further and say there's an obligation to the guys on the team to say we want to give you the best opportunity to break through next season and win that we possibly can. And we don't want this to be another year of you wondering, well, who's going to be on the trade block? And we want you to go into the season believing that the answer is we are hell-bent on winning. That is our priority here, not, hey, if this thing goes poorly for a, uh, you know, a couple of weeks in June, then we're going to start thinking about selling off some pieces again come July the way that we want you to feel on day one that the singular priority of everyone involved in this ball club is winning. And that doesn't require, as to your point, it doesn't require 
Carlos Correa and Carlos Rodon in order to do that. Trust me, I'd be, we'd throw a parade tomorrow if that were the case. But it They're doesn't, more li- likely to sign Carlos Baerga. I, man, you know what? Carlos Baerga could play, though, bro. <laughs> like, that dude could play. I said earlier they could sign. He's an agent now, isn't he? Is he? he? Is yeah, he? I, I didn't know that. Is. I didn't know that. I, was, I joked in the week they could sign Carlos Santana, but not right. not the one that ended up in Pittsburgh. Right. I mean, the other Carlos. Yeah. This Santana, the guy that plays the guitar. Yeah. Um, and I'd be okay with that. I'd let him come in here and hang out for a little while. But I think they owe it to that group of guys on the field to have the confidence that the priority of the organization is winning plain and simple it's just winning it's not another year of we we know there are still decisions that have to be made about certain players we know that like the long-term future of Cedric Mullins Anthony Santander they're not set in stone it's not determined what they're going to be in Baltimore for some time but if they looked around and saw a couple more players coming in, it'd be easier for them to say, well, I can believe in what you're doing, and if we go out and play well, you're going to want to keep me around. You're, you're, you're going to want to keep this thing going. Yep. Let's just go try to win. If you don't do that, if you just kind of run it back, I think that they're going to go into the season with that sort of thought in the back of their mind of, is this being set up for we want to sell a few more guys at the trade deadline this year because we don't care about 2023 whatsoever. We only care about 2024 and 2025, and I think that impacts players like that. So I think there's an obligation on both ends of this, and I, I'm not I'm not. Uh, here's, a, here's the question, though. Is Mike Elias's use of the word liftoff, was he intentionally misleading anybody, I, or did he sort of I just, misspeak I, just as much as he had in Baltimore when he sort of gave the impression Hey, we know we're not making the playoffs. It, it came year. off as a politician yeah. that said something really dumb. Yeah. I mean, really, really dumb. And, yeah. and and Mike, you know, he's an interesting guy, right? Like, he just doesn't – he's not a politician, right? Like, he doesn't think about the ramifications of who's going to hear what it is that I say. I think he was being about as honest as he possibly could – in that moment, but you can't say, you as a representative of the organization can't say, we can't make the play. And that's not exactly what he said, yeah. but you understand what yeah. like, you can't yeah. do that. So I think then he was covering his ass and he was trying to do a stump speech. And that word was just a word. We, I brought it up purposely with Evie Rosenbaum last week. And I think that what she said, I agree. I don't think he sat down the night before and wrote said, out a speech yeah, and I'm said, "I'm going to use the word." Li- I'll explain to everybody that now, from now on, it's liftoff, meaning we're going to spend this ungod- ungodly sum of money. Correct. You know? I think it was just a I I want to go get everybody, you know, fired I, up for the future. I want a stump speech. Yeah. I want people to believe that there is something coming in Baltimore, and in the process, he delivered a phrase that loomed over the entirety of the fan base. And set himself up to be judged by it moving forward, which is the troubling part. Here's what he said. I rattled that word off in Texas. I feel very organically that is what I meant, Elias said. I mean, I think this team is going to continue to get better from this point forward. We're sitting here with this young nucleus that's extremely talented, that's going to be here for a long while. We're sitting on the number one farm system. We have a roster and a payroll that we can custom build over the next few years because we don't have any long-term contracts to build around. And this is not a specific proclamation that we're going to do it all at once in the winter meetings, but that the next several years of baseball in Baltimore is going to be excellent. And, look, I 
I think I don't. He's I'm not, not even, wrong about right, that. I think there's truth there. Yeah. I think that the understanding is that the organization is prioritizing 2024 and 2025 right now, and that's why they maybe weren't in on maybe one year for Cody Bellinger. That that to them didn't even make sense because that this isn't the year in their minds. But you still you gotta do something. Yeah. You have to do something. Yeah. Well, it looks like now, and I'm not dismissing the possibility of signing one of these free agent pitchers or a Brandon Drury um, to add some punch to the lineup, uh, but it looks like now that perhaps their decision was to come to the winter baseball meetings, see what the prices were going to be, and they got kind of got blown away with that. So now they're back to Plan B, which is how do we acquire meaningful pitching through trade that that seems like that's the next best hope here i i i hear you i hear you i guess the word is it's not a robust trade market right now that this you know just happened to be a year where it was the free agent market and not the trade market that was particularly welcoming and i still think it's an awkward conversation for the orioles because as we keep talking about how many pieces are you utterly confident in I think there are places where you'd say, hey, if you want to use, I like Connor Norby, but if you want to use a Connor Norby, the thought is you, you're probably okay in that department. Whereas I don't think anybody would be comfortable with them trading away, say, a Colton Kowser in a deal to try to land any you know, type of yeah. pitcher. Um, so it would depend on what that looks like, I think, our response, if that's yeah. the route that they go. But there's no getting around yeah. it. It's, you know, look, the players that we, you know, Dan Connolly wrote a piece the other day about Santander being traded. I, I, I just don't know how much any of our crop of Hayes, mm-hmm. Mullins, and mm-hmm. Santander, and I don't think they're willing to, to give up on Mountcastle yet, which ultimately I think might be a mistake. You might very well be right about that. What I would say is I don't know who the team is that's trying to trade major league legitimate pitching for other major league players. I don't know who that team is. Well, we hoped it would be the Marlins. Uh, sure, but I just think that teams are always going to say, look, if you if you want our major league pitcher, you've got to give us prospect, like legitimate prospects, not guys that you're questioning your future with. If you want now – We'll take those guys, but we're not giving you quality yeah. major league pitching for it. It's, that's just well the the combination of both. But it would have it would have taken a threading of the needle that they had to do some other things, you know, and uh, they yeah. haven't done those things that's, yet. That's the case. That's the case. We will see how the next couple of weeks play out. All right, uh, we're going to talk some Ravens here in a second. Today's show is brought to you by the Ginsu Kamado Grill. Use the code TAILGATE at GinsuGrills.com, and you'll save $100 on a brand-new Ginsu Kamado Grill. You're running out of time thinking about what someone might like for Christmas. What do you think Dad wants for the holidays this season? And you, you always struggle with it. I promise you, whatever it is that you're thinking about, he'd prefer a Ginsu Kamado Grill. GinsuGrills.com, again, is the website. Use that code TAILGATE and save $100. It's been 10 years, and I still haven't gotten over the day that this man walked into Baltimore and beat the Ravens, although, as we always remind him, thankfully. I hated him. That day, I absolutely hated him, all all because he tried to do his job. That son of a bitch. How dare he? Uh, Of course, the Ravens went on to win the Super Bowl, so that did ease the pain a little bit, and uh, he's been good to us for years since then. He is still... 
uh, doing radio out in Pittsburgh. You hear him post game on WDVE, and he is still very involved in that community with the best of the Batch Foundation. He is our friend Charlie Batch, and he is back with us now here on GCR. Charlie, it's Glenn Clark, Stan the Fan Charles here in Baltimore. It is great to chat with you as always. Thank you for taking the time for us. Hey, not a problem. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. Man, you know, we, we think about, we think, I, I saw you try to remind everybody on Twitter about the fact that there was one backup quarterback. So Charlie uh, saw a tweet that Jamison Hensley sent out this week who covers the Ravens for ESPN. And he just wanted to twist the needle a little bit. Jamison said the Ravens have won 10 of their last 11 games against the Steelers when anyone other than Ben Roethlisberger has started at quarterback for Pittsburgh. To which Charlie Batch said, I wonder who that other one could be. <laughs> <laughs> that was always fun. I was wondering why my notifications were blowing up. And yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, pretty cool tweet. You know, yeah, I, I like that. <laughs> yeah, that is true. That is true. Charlie, um, give me your thumbnail on Kenny Pickett, on what you've seen, the good, the bad, the the question. You know, clearly the the legacy of Ben Roethlisberger as a quarterback looms large there, and so ever, it's tough to be judged against that. From what you've seen of Kenny Pickett and what we should expect to see on Sunday, what is your thumbnail on, on what this guy can do? Yeah, he's growing, and, and it's, it's funny, you know, just kind of listening to Steelers Nation and the grumblings that, you know, they were a little uneasy at the beginning because Kenny got off, you know, he, he lit a spark, then he got off to a rough start, and now I will remind the Steelers fans, I'm like, you have to remember, you all got spoiled because of Ben Roethlisberger winning his first 13 games as a rookie, so we never had to go the growing pains of a rookie quarterback. But here we are, the first couple games, you can see him struggling, trying to do, he was thinking too much, and the game just seemed like it was too fast, but yet... He started to kind of, the game started to slow down a little bit, and he's not making the same decision uh, mistake twice. And those decisions are really, you know, what gets people excited about what he potentially brings to the table. They won two in a row. Yes, that's only just a start, but now he's starting to. Except first not there, he used to take off, but now he's starting to just stay in the pocket and going through his second and third, and that time getting to his fourth read. And those are things that you can get excited about watching films over the last month. Admittedly, I'm, of course, not watching every game or even most games, uh, Charlie. It, on paper, it looks like a team that has kind of settled in and said, we're not, we're not looking to be an explosive offense. We're looking to be a functional offense to take what might be there, to still try to run the ball, and, and play to the fact that we got T.J. Watt on the other side of the field. And, and in a weird way... It, it feels like, you know, there's no Ray Lewis, there's no Troy Palomalu, but this game sort of has the feel of it could be almost like a classic Ravens-Steelers game because it seems like these are two teams that are maybe willing to play to their defenses and, and kind of keep scoring low a little bit. Is, is that fair to say about what the Steelers have been trying to do with Kenny Pickett as their quarterback? Yes, yeah, it's very fair to say. Excuse me. It's very fair to say, and I think when you look at what's going on, you know, you can see now this team is putting eight to ten play drives together. Now, you know, as a defensive coordinator, you're banking on, this, on the offense to make at least one mistake in that potential drive, get them behind the chains, and ultimately either have to punt or kick a field goal. And that's what they were, that's what defensive coordinator were doing early. But right now, Kenny Pickett is kind of methodically moving down the field. The one thing that's not happening in his offense still is the big play capability. So until this team can actually do that, you're still going to see that leaning of the coordinator saying, prove it, that you can do it consistently throughout a game. That's something that we're learning from a rookie quarterback. But against the Ravens, you just have to say ahead of the change. If not, you're going to see a lot of those exotic blitzes on third down. And you know the Ravens are hoping to get this young quarterback into those situations. 
Charlie, I want to flip over to the other side of the football, which is the defensive side of the football. Um, early in the season, this was not a very good defense, but uh, T.J. Watt coming back has really invig- sort of resuscitated this defense. How, how important is he to this, this group? No, he's extremely important, and I think, you you know, just what you just referenced right there in the games that he missed, I mean, it was a big deal around here. That I think they were 0-7 without him in the lineup. They finally got a victory without him in the lineup, but he's that special. And when you hear people talk about, oh, well, one player is missing, he's, you know, it's a team effort. No, when TJ's out of the lineup, it is a huge deal because these other pass rushers have not consistently, you know, shown that they can beat one-on-one coverage. Yeah, Alex Highsmith, he has had he's had a phenomenal season, but we haven't seen it in length as without TJ Watt. And I hope it never happens because that tandem, when it, whether it was you know TJ Watt, Bud Dupree, TJ Alex Highsmith, these guys are very talented on on the edge. But TJ sets that tone, and right now there's still a question mark because he was downgraded last. Uh, yesterday is related on the injury report. So it's going to be re- interesting to see how it plays out today because I guarantee you the Ravens are looking to see whether or how healthy T.J. Watt is because that indicates or how that dictates the game plan for the Ravens on offense. Charlie, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about uh, the coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers. You you played for Mike Tomlin, didn't you? Yes, I did. Yeah. So you played for him. Now you observe him from the broadcaster standpoint. How good a coach do you think he is, and do you think the fans in Pittsburgh respect him and appreciate what they have in him? Yeah, they definitely respect him. And, of course, you get you know some people that never, quite frankly, was a Mike Tomlin fan prior to him You know when he first got here because they just love power to death. But he's proved that over the years. And, you know, the flaw has been he, you know, he hasn't been back to the Super Bowl in over 10 years and no – no playoffs win. So I understand all of that when it comes to frustration. But when you see where he is in that locker room, he still commands the respect. The mm-hmm. players are still hearing every single message. And playing before him for six years, I know what those particular things look like. And when you talk to players, they still get excited about what he brings to the table. So I think, you know, he is he the guy? Absolutely. Is he a Hall of Fame coach? Yeah, I think – you know, that I'm sure him and Harbaugh will probably look at each other and say, okay, if you retire this year, I damn sure ain't retiring this year because <laughs> you're going to get all the glory because they both know they're getting into the Hall of Fame. So that's the beauty of this rivalry. But, man, you just have to respect the heck out of both coaches. Charlie Batch is with us here on GCR. Of course, former Steelers quarterback. Now he does post game for the Steelers radio network. Charlie, the George Pickens thing from last week, I guess twofold. How big of a deal is it? I I do. I also like seeing competitive fire from a lot of guys. It doesn't bother me. You know, we've seen Lamar Jackson get demonstrative a few times um, over uh, over the course of the season. That doesn't. I, I don't get bothered by that. I, I like seeing guys that are competitive. But was it a big deal? And then knowing what you know of Mike Tomlin and the Steelers. Do they come out this week and try to get the ball his way a couple times right out of the start of the game, or did they not even think about that type of thing? No, they do think about it only because the media brings it up. And, you know, many receivers, trust me, I've played 15 years. I've seen a multitude of receivers complain about Nick not getting the ball. Now, people do it, you know, different ways, but the frustration of what happened with Pickens in that situation, you have to remember, he's a, a University of Georgia grad. They just played at that same stadium for, uh, Saturday afternoon or Saturday evening. Mm. So you know he wanted to put a show on for his mm. former teammates. Mm. It's essentially it's a home came, homecoming game. He probably had tons of fans in the stadium you know, rooting for him. He wanted to put on a show, and it didn't result. One catch, two yards. 
So, you know, the frustration sets in from that particular perspective. And I love what Cam Hayward did, pulling to the side and say, okay, that's not how we conduct business. So to your point, do I see them trying to go to Pickens early? Yeah, but I just don't want to see it forcefully because it's, with Kenny Pickett, you don't want to you have a young quarterback thinking, okay, my read is taking me to one side, but because of everything I heard this week, I have to now force the ball to Pickens. So hopefully it just happened methodically and organically throughout the course of the games that they can get him involved in this game because he is a great young guy. I mean, talent. obviously we've seen him make some, I mean, just sublime catches this season, some absolutely ridiculous catches. Uh, the Najee Harris thing, right? Like at the beginning of the season, it seemed to be kind of a disappointment. I know he still doesn't have a 100-yard game, but there's a wink, wink, nudge, nudge there. He had like a 99-yard game. It seems like the last three to four weeks – they figured the run game out a little bit, and it's come to life a bit more. Obviously, the Ravens present a very good run defense, but it, it, have they kind of figured things out after what seemed to be a struggle earlier on in the year? Yeah, you know, one thing that you know, people who haven't been around Steelers camp, you know, Najee Harris, he hurt his foot in the very first day of pads. So essentially the third day of training camp, he went out with an injury and missed a ton of time throughout training camp, of course, preseason games. So you knew this was going to be something that was going to be a slow working process for him to kind of get back healthy again. What you're seeing from the running game, those five guys up front now consistently have been playing together. You're starting to see the communication there. And, of course, going home and then you're playing essentially two home games on the road. When you go to Indianapolis, 70% of the fans are Steeler fans. You go to Atlanta, 80% of the fans are Steeler fans. So communication, again, should not be a problem. You can see the running game numbers that are going up, effectively helping the play-action game. And that's why you see somebody like a Pat Fryer move in the middle of the field now starting to put up the numbers because the running game is correlating with the play-action game. Charlie, we're going to see the backup quarterback start for the Ravens in this game and Tyler Huntley. Now, he has experience playing in Pittsburgh, albeit in uh, kind of crazy conditions two years ago in the midst of the pandemic, so not quite the same thing, but... A backup quarterback in a Ravens-Steelers game. You know a thing or two about that. Um, <laughs> how do you compose yourself? How do you handle yourself? How do you make sure the moment doesn't become too big? And especially on the road, Charlie. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but I think, well, I think the one thing that the caveat that you have currently that's coming into is he played the week before. Yep. And it's one thing to just be thrown in the, that week, then you're going to see, okay, the slow starting offense and maybe it gets better as it moves along. He got that rust out the way last week. So now having the experience of playing against the Steelers team, they should expect a full Huntley and the offense should not change. That's something that works to the advantage of the Ravens in that particular perspective. So the Steelers, they cannot turn around and say, oh, Lamar Jackson, oh, he's out of this game. They're not going to do some of the things in the offense that they wouldn't do because he's not in. No, they need to affect for the full arsenal of what is transpiring here because you know that that Ravens offense knows exactly what the defense is going to do and vice versa. And this is what the the beauty of rivalries are. And similar to whenever I did, you know, I played back in 2012. It was one of those things. I had a horrible game the week before against the Browns. I wanted to redeem myself. And ultimately, you can see it from the beginning of the game, we were able to get things going early and ultimately had to make plays in the end of that game. So that is something that, you know, the Steelers defense cannot take lightly, thinking that because they're facing the backup quarterback that they should come in here and win. And just real quick, I do have to apologize. Thank you to Chris. It. Tyler Huntley didn't even play in that game in 2020. He also had COVID. It was Trace McSorley who played in that game. Right. So this will be Tyler mm. Huntley's first ever experience playing in Pittsburgh. Well, first experience, yeah, first experience, but because he, I, my point was because he right, played right. last played week. No, I know, no, 100%. Yeah. I know what you're saying. And he did play in the, the Ravens-Steelers game at the end of the year last year, but that was in Baltimore. I'll tell you what, Charlie, if we win Sunday, 
Glenn and I are going to print up some full Huntley t-shirts. <laughs> I like that expression. Like, we're getting the full Huntley. Yeah. Hey, I, I, I had one last question to ask you because you did play for uh, the the franchise that has yet to appear in a Super Bowl, win a Super Bowl, the Detroit Lions. Uh, I know that they, they hold a special place in your heart, though. Um, how optimistic are you that Dan Campbell is really got this team – finally heading in perhaps the right direction. Yeah, and to your point, you know, they, they do hold a place in my heart because they're the ones who gave me the opportunity back in 1998 to, as a rookie to play in the National Football League. And, of course, handing the ball off to some guy by the name of Barry Sanders. You know, that yeah, was pretty cool up there. Yeah. <laughs> but I think when you get back to that point where, you, you know, they've always been kind of on edge, you know, right at that 500 ball, but just not quite frankly get over the hump. And then ultimately the owners, they just make a rational decision. They fire everybody and start over again. That fan base is very passionate, very loyal. They are looking for a winner. Dan Campbell, you can see the commitment that the ownership uh, group gave him, a six-year contract as a first-year coach. That's unheard of. They don't allow people that way. So they told him, hey, we're going to be patient with you. You get us right to where we need to be. And you can see the numbers fluctuating throughout, but his team is competing. They're buying into that message. I hope that Dan Campbell is able to get him over the hump. You can see the passion because, I'm, you know, you saw that after the, the first or second week and he's crying in the press conference. I'm like, oh, my gosh, the head coach is crying after his second game or third game. He's not going to last. But ultimately – he pulled, He won those guys over, and you can see he's pouring his heart and soul into that organization, man, and hopefully um, he's able to do it, and I'm rooting for him. Hey, this Sunday, you know, with sports betting now available on my phone, uh, you like the Lions this week, <laughs> given, a, given, a, given a point and a half there in Minnesota? Man, to be Games honest with you, I'm not, a, I, I'm not a gambling guy, All to be right. honest with you. I All don't. Right. I only – I only do this because my job forces me to pick uh, outcomes of a game. Uh, that just you know, so I don't want to. I don't want to give you uh, misinformation that may cost you some way somehow. All right. What we do want to do is make sure you get an opportunity to tell us more about what it is. I know how involved you yeah. are in that community with the best, the Batch Foundation, the Clubhouse, the Toy Drive. Uh, how can folks in our area, maybe for example, if the Ravens go into Pittsburgh and win on Sunday and they're feeling good, <laughs> we could do like a they, Bills Mafia thing, they, right? Yeah. Like the way the Bills did when they, you would maybe try to lift up somebody in that community. What what could fans around here be thinking about? <laughs> well, we appreciate it. And, and best of the Batch Foundation, we're an educational foundation located here at Pittsburgh, and we serve. We're an educational foundation. We focus mainly on reading, computer literacy. And we actually service 3,800 kids annually throughout southwestern Pennsylvania in nine counties. So during the holiday times, we actually adopt families. This year, we are adopting 250 families, and that will be equivalent to over 700 kids throughout the uh, uh, southwestern Pennsylvania. And our goal is to collect 8,000 toys. We're well on our way. We need help. We still need help. And you can actually donate um, through our website, which is batchfoundation.org. If you know, we have several drop-off locations that are people in, you know located throughout the area. But if you're not, we have click and ship opportunities that you can actually uh, select the toy, and it will be shipped directly to our foundation offices. So everything is on our website. We try to be transparent across the board. We go from collecting, then we host wrapping parties because we need help wrapping them, and then also our team at the foundation actually delivers on Christmas Eve to all of the families. This year is a little different, only because the Steelers play the Ra- uh, Raiders. That, at that evening, so we have to finish up a little earlier. So we'll start on the 22nd, 23rd, 24th, and we'll deliver to all of these families. So awesome. we just truly appreciate all the, all the support that we have. So thank you in advance, 
And again, that's batchfoundation.org. You'll be able to see all the options on our website. Well done, sir. Always appreciate everything that you do to give back. At Charlie Batch 16 on Twitter. That's really nice, Charlie. No question. It really is. Uh, that's how you give him no, a follow. Thank you. Charlie Batch, truly appreciate it. Uh, we got another one of these to, to deal with in a couple weeks. So hopefully we'll be turning around and chatting with you again then. Appreciate you taking the time for us. Very happy holiday to you, your family. All right. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me, and Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays to everybody listening. Charlie Batch with us here on GCR ahead of Ravens. What a genuine guy. I've I've, I've ended up – he did a – not only would he come on with us all the time, even when he was playing, um, he shares an agent with a couple of prominent Ravens uh, players, and so they would reach out and say, hey, do you want to put Charlie Batch on? And I would grit my teeth and be like, dude, I – I'm still kind of not over that thing, but it turns out he's like the nicest human being we've ever come yeah. across. So love me some Charlie Batch, despite the fact that I associate him with that day in 2012. Um, look, I am, I am. Stan and I did our picks earlier today. I am not confident about Sunday, but I do think this is a crapshoot game. Like, I don't think, th- I don't feel strongly about it. Uh, it's, I'm not going to give away what Stan and I picked. You can go find that at uh, Facebook.com/slash/PressBoxSports. But we are on opposite sides of these picks on Sunday, I think it's a crapshoot football game where I've I, I've got to see a, something more consistent from the Ravens in the run game. I have to see the Ravens figure out, again, how to run the football with their running backs, um, not just with whoever's playing quarterback. And, and, pa- and passing from the quarterback, not their Yeah, receivers. I would not encourage any more of that. I would maybe burn that one to the ground. Of course, the big news yesterday happened after the show. Uh, Greg Roman is out of the running for the Stanford job. He, according to Stuart Mandel, is not among the finalists. Uh, the only known finalists are Jason Garrett, which is a real shit. Boy, it would really suck to lose him on that just unbelievable halftime show they do on NBC. What in the world is that? Somebody watched that in, as they were rehearsing, and they were like, this is going to work. Two robots and Maria Taylor being forced to awkwardly laugh at nothing that's funny. <laughs> like they do those cut-ins every week, and, tra- and and Jason Garrett says something like, "And are the Eagles the best team in the NFL?" And then for some reason, they've instructed Maria Taylor to laugh at it like it's a funny joke. <laughs> All right, Jason, now back to you guys. See you at halftime. It is abysmal. Everything about it. I don't know how they can afford to lose it. I'll, I'll tell you what, though. That Thursday night. No, it doesn't offer broadcast any, yeah, it doesn't is just offer anything. And, and I and I seriously, I've never I've been doing broadcasting for since 1983. Never had reason to say a negative word really about Al. No, Michaels. but he's checked out. He's checked out. He's completely it, it, checked absolutely out. the most boring broad. And Herb Street, who I think it, he was exciting in college football yep. because the fans are so excited mm-hmm. when he would be on, you know, and you'd hear them. It's like the most deadly broadcast I've ever oh, it's, heard. I, it's I never, lifeless. I never understood Herb Street. Yeah. He has no cachet in the NFL. Yeah, he's right, not exactly. It's like, just a terrible, terrible and, choice. And Al Michaels comes off like a guy who doesn't want to be doing games on Amazon. Yeah. Who like realized Tariko was taking his job, wanted to stay in the NFL. This was his kind of only path to feeling like he was doing something prominent. And then because he's an old guy, he just sort of got yeah. frustrated by the idea that. These games aren't even on TV. Like I, he just yeah. seems completely uninterested yeah. in what it is that he's doing, and that's it's a shame because it's Al Michaels we're talking about. I mean, it's an one icon. of the great broadcasters Correct. of all time. Um, but yes, Greg Roman will not be taking the Stanford job, so my answer will remain the same. Either the Ravens are going to figure out a way to run the ball somehow the rest of the way, 
or it's going to be time to move on from Greg Roman. One of the two things is going to happen. They're either going to prove that this can work, or they're not, and then there is nothing left to do at that point. By the way, a little bit of baseball news. Uh, Liftoff has apparently occurred in Washington. Oh, Trevor Williams. Trevor Williams, (laughs) two-year deal with the Nationals for $13 million. They did did not get the number one pick, however, despite having the worst record. This was the first year of the lottery, and they got the number two pick. What did they get, the number two pick? pick, Number two pick. Hey, uh, we've got some great sign-up offers available for you as you dip your toe. Like, specific ones? Uh, we do have specific ones, in fact, including you can go right now to pressboxonline.com slash offers and find $100 in free bets from Barstool after placing your first $10 bet or up to $1,500 in risk-free bets from Caesars. Again, go to pressboxonline.com slash offers right now in order to sign up. When we come back in, we'll preview the other side of Sunday's matchup. Ronnie Stanley was a full participant in practice on Wednesday and then a limited participant in practice on Thursday. What do we make of that? Bo Smolka, Pressbox Ravens beat writer, joins us next. Glenn Clark Radio. Join the Maryland Jockey Club at Laurel Park for Christmas Tide Stakes Day on Monday, December 26th. An exciting day of live horse racing awaits you with a whopping six stakes races worth $600,000 in prize money. Plus, enjoy a specially curated stakes buffet, a delicious hot chocolate bar, and hot cider cocktails. It may be cold, but Laurel Park has plenty of horse racing excitement, food, and beverages to keep you warm. Don't miss Christmas Tide Stakes Day at Laurel Park. Visit laurelpark.com for more info. Come experience Maryland's number one sportsbook this NFL season at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, the ultimate place for any sports enthusiast. Take advantage of our 24-7 kiosks, massive video screens, and watch all the action from the best seat in the house. With more money paid out than anyone around, make every moment more at the new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. The weather outside is really unpleasant, so it's time to warm up with some comfort classics this winter at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. Try the twisted ribs and wings combo. It's two full pounds of meat, the mac and cheese bites, Mr. Richard's meatloaf, the citrus salmon, the winter spinach salad, and for dessert, here's internet radio personality Griffin Bass to tell you about the bourbon butter cake. Oh my god, it's so good. Pair it with a blood orange bourbon cider or a devil's backbone cranberry smash. Place your order now at glorydaysgrill.com Glory Days Grill great food good sports that first sip that first bite mm. start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at royal farms choose from a fantastic selection of fresh royal farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world at royal farms breakfast is available day and night It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. Stan the Fan here, welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors, the Costas Inn. And everybody around Baltimore knows the Costas Inn is a great place to go and grab crabs, steaks, salads, soups, whatever's on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food, 410-477-1975. That's the Costas Inn, over 4100 North Point Boulevard. 
Looking for a simple holiday meal? Try Chick-fil-A Catering. From Chick-fil-A Nuggets to Mac and Cheese, enjoy a variety of tray options sized perfectly for your get-together. Order through the Chick-fil-A app and bring smiles to your family gathering. Availability and order requirements vary. See restaurant for details. Tune in to Simply the Bets every Tuesday and weekend at Bookies every other Thursday at 11.40 a.m. And if you really have nothing better to do, keep listening to this show, too. All right, back in here on GCR. Stan the Fan is here with us on a Friday edition of the program. Today's show also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to represent your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. So we just previewed the Pittsburgh side of Sunday's matchup. Let's take a look at the Baltimore side of it. Joining us now, Pressbox Ravens beat writer. He is our friend Bo Smolka, and he's with us on GCR. Bo, good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning. I'm good, thank you. Um, we're going to ask you the same question as we always do right out of the shoot. Mm. We'll start with Ronnie Stanley. Everything was so encouraging Wednesday. Full participant in practice. And then a day later, he's a limited participant in practice. What do you make of Ronnie Stanley? I just think I think they're easing him along. Uh, that was yeah, it was a little. I mean, I I expected him to be full yesterday. He was not. I think they'll be measured with him. Um, my gut tells me that he'll play, but I'm not. I'm obviously less comfortable with that than I was yesterday. If he plays, could you see a scenario? Of course, Patrick McCarry also returned to practice. We remember when he first came back that. He was sort of being eased in. Could you see a scenario where they try to do that in order to get him on the field, even if they don't think he's ready to play every snap? I mean, that's possible, but McCarry's not 100% either, so it, it is going to be complicated. Um, but, I did, yeah, that's a possibility, I think. And uh, honestly, and the other thing to watch for is Kevin Zeitler yeah. hasn't practiced this week. Yeah. And so that's significant. He hasn't missed a snap all year. <laughs> and I, t- he was in the locker room. We talked to him after the game. I wasn't aware of any injury with him, and maybe he'll be good to go. I don't know. But the fact that he hasn't practiced in two straight days is significant. Uh, as I said, he hasn't missed a snap all season, and he's played pretty well for most of the year. So that is definitely another one to watch. I, you bring that up to, to that point. If, if Kevin Zeitler weren't to be available, would Patrick McCary be the backup plan there as well if he's healthy? Well, that is a possibility, and the other option might be Ben Cleveland, but he has hardly played all year. Yeah. Um, so it's not, like I said, uh, Zeidler hasn't missed a snap. So it's not like they have anyone else who's played this year at that position. Uh, McCary, they know, can play anywhere, and, and that's kind of the value of him. You can plug him anywhere, but of course, as I said, he's, he, we saw him last week on and off the field about six different times. So he's certainly not healthy, or not 100% for sure. Um, but, yeah, he'd be an option, and I think Ben Cleveland would be an option. But neither is probably a better option than no. having a healthy Zeitler. No, not whatsoever. All right, um, but we, we saw Tyler Huntley last week, and, you know, it, it was about what you would expect from Tyler Huntley, right? He wasn't asked to do a lot. They rarely threw the ball downfield. They kept everything in front of him, tried to get the ball out quick, and, you know, for the most part, he made the throws. The interception was abysmal. Um, do you expect that that is just the strategy with Tyler Huntley? It, do you think there's any level? Like we saw they did try to throw the ball downfield. They drew the pass interference on the throw to Mark Andrews, but that was really about the only downfield throw they attempted. D- 
do you think they try to open it up anymore, or is it just, hey, this is what we do when Tyler Huntley is the quarterback? Either it's going to work or it's not going to work. Uh, he also tried one deep call to Deshaun, Deshaun Jackson that he overthrew by a few yards down the right sideline. But I think they have to at least take a shot early. Otherwise, the Steelers are just going to put all 11 guys five yards from the line of scrimmage, and then they're, then they're really going to have a hard time running the ball too. Uh, I just think you have to take a couple shots downfield to at least spread that defense a little bit. Um, obviously, what they prefer Huntley to do is do as he did last week short intermediate throws get him out quickly um and and do what he can do at his best uh throwing the deep ball is not what he does at his best but like i said i don't think you want to be in a position where you're encouraging the steelers to put 10 guys at the line of scrimmage knowing they're not going to throw the ball deep so i think they have to take a deep shot or two um even if it's a situation where you overthrow it and it becomes effectively a punt um, if it's intercepted, I think that would be a better solution than not trying it because I, I just think you have to keep that Steeler defense honest. And, and I, it'll be interesting to see what they do with the RPO game because Tyler Huntley can run the ball too. He's not Lamar Jackson running, but, um, you know, Kevin Zeitler said to me last week, well, the whole playbook is still open to us. And we'll see if that's true. We'll see how much they use the RPOs or where they try to go with more traditional running. But, this, you know, they have Huntley because they think when Jackson can't play, Huntley can do the, the, the same things in terms of running the offense. So I think for to an extent, we'll try to see them do the same type things. But to answer your original question, I think they have to at some point take a couple deep shots, <clears throat> excuse me, just to try to keep that Steeler defense a little spread and a little honest. Bo, the uh, running game, which looked so promising when Gus Edwards got back uh, and then when Ronnie Stanley got hurt, it just really has – it looks like they're in quicksand. Uh, you know, there's just nothing going on up front. Is it as simple as that, that the offensive line just isn't cl- nearly the same when Ronnie Stanley's there? I think it's part of that. I thought Gus Edwards may isn't may not be quite back to where he had been briefly before he went out again. I think he still looks a little tentative mm-hmm. um, in the last in the since he came back from his latest injury, um, and I think that's part of it. I think part of it is again with with Huntley. I, I think part of it is teams not respecting the pass as much. The deep pass, they're I think they're crowding the line of scrimmage a little more, um, and so those I think they're all factors. Certainly, Stanley being not not available is a big one. And as I said, after McCarry was in and out, they were stuck with Falele at left tackle, which was never the plan. Um, and I think that was also a factor. But they had trouble running right as well. So I think part of it is um, I don't think Gus Edwards is completely back. And I think teams are crowding the line, forced, trying to dare them to run or dare them to throw deep, rather, and taking away that short run. And, and obviously the offensive line hasn't been as good since Stanley got hurt. He is Bo Smolka, Pressbox Ravens beat writer. These are the last few days for you to get this print issue of Pressbox that has Kevin Willard on the cover. Inside, Bo wrote about Devin Duvernay. You can find it right now for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find Pressbox. Read it all at PressBoxOnline.com. Bo, you know I'm not the uh, the type that's the the fire the coordinator or fire anybody type. That's just not my shtick. But, uh, yeah, but. that said... What Stan was just alluding to with their inability to run the ball, and now that we know that Greg Roman will not be departing for the Stanford job, this really does feel to me like th- there's there's a bit of a reckoning that's that's sort of upon this, which is 
either they're going to be able to prove that this can can work and that they can beat they can get guys back on the field and they can prove that they can win big games doing this thing that they've been doing or five years into this and with as much up in the air as there is i i think at some point they're going to be forced to say we have to consider this offensive philosophy a little bit more and whether this you know we zig when you zag is actually going to work in order to win a Super Bowl. Um, I have never felt it nearly this much as I am in this moment. Greg Roman is here to run the ball, as Stan points out, out of the bye. They have not run the ball. Are you feeling any amount of this might be coming to sort of a, 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 a conclusion or an answer one way or the other that either this is going to work or it's going to be time to do something different? Oh, I, I think it. I think it could be. But here's the thing, and I honestly, I I'll say in the first quarter last week before Lamar Jackson got hurt, I started. I started honestly to think back to when Camp Cameron was relieved in the middle of the season, Mark Tressman was relieved in the middle of the season, and I'm thinking to myself, are are we going to be at that point? Um, and I don't know the answer to that, but it gets much more complicated with Lamar Jackson hurt because. Now you're dealing with a backup quarterback. Are you going to now make a midseason change and have a different play caller and a different everything with your backup quarterback trying to, while you're, by the way, still in first place in the division? It seems like that's too much upheaval and too much uncertainty. After the season, I think there's absolutely going to be that question. I mean, they have to decide. Yeah, five years in, can, can this work in the long term? And, and the problem is, or one of the problems is, they may decide, well, we, we haven't really, we're not sure because the last two years we've had significant absences with Lamar Jackson. But that might also be part of your answer. And, and I, don't know, I don't know what it is, but yes, to your question, I think reckoning is a good word. I think there's going to be some hard, hard questions that are going to have to be asked however this season ends. Because if you, if you do decide that we're not zigging while everyone else is zagging and we're going to blow this up and it, we decide the revolution is over, then what? Mm-hmm. Then what do you do? What, mm-hmm. Is Lamar Jackson still the quarterback? Or are you totally breaking it down? I mean, those, those are the kind of things, that are substantive foundational questions they're going to have to have after the season. Bo, I'm not a- asking you because I've got a, a strong opinion one way or the other. I wrote several times three, four years ago that I thought John Harbaugh's time had kind of come, and each time I was like totally wrong in terms of what Steve Bishotti's thinking was. Do you think it's occurred, does it cross his mind that maybe this team needs a new message from the top? That's a, that's a good question. I mean, Steve Bishotti, uh, by all indications, is a big Harbaugh supporter. No, no question and about it. He he's always very, has very big. He's very big on continuity at the top of the organization. Um, you know, he looks at these other teams that are turning over coaches every three and four years and says that's why they're just in this quagmire because they keep turning over and turning over and turn, can't, can't get anything sustained. Um, I would be surprised if he thought that. I, just, I still think he believes in John Harbaugh. Um, but like I said, I, and remember that they are still in first place. I mean, people, the, the, the people are definitely feeling like this ship is sinking and, and maybe it's going to stumble along here with Lamar Jackson hurt. And it hasn't felt right for like five weeks. And I understand that what people are saying about all of this. Um, but there are a lot of teams in worse position than they are. 
And I sense that Bashadi still, that uh, <clears throat> Harbaugh still has support from Bashadi. I haven't talked to Bashadi, but that's, mm-hmm. he's been that way in the past. I think he's a big proponent of Harbaugh. And so as far as that goes, that's, that's my take on it. What's the chances of them calling a similar play this week uh, to the uh, <laughs> double reverse pass by James Prochet? I know, uh, to his credit, John Harbaugh really just – to and you, I got to give you credit for being the one that asked about it. Uh, he just blew it up and said that was a really bad idea, you know. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a terrible idea, and especially at that point in the game and at that point on the field. And that, you know, the funniest thing about that play was we've seen that play run in training camp and in a little bit of the offensive install, sometimes we're watching during practice, we're allowed to watch. We've seen that. I've seen that play mm-hmm. in practice. Now, we're not, allowed, we're not allowed to say that we've seen that play, but I've seen them run it. And during that game on Sunday, they were going nowhere. Nothing was working. And it was about the middle of the third quarter, and Cliff Brown from the Ravens sits right next to me. And I said to him, you know, Cliff, this feels like the days are going to pull out that crochet pass. Oh, That's exactly what I said to him. And about three minutes later, they run it. I hated the idea because you're already in field goal range. In a right. game, you're losing by six. Right. And so I get it. I get the idea behind it. Uh, my, my, uh, my podcast partner, Daniel Wilcox, made a great point yesterday. We were kind of break. We had a great discussion. We broke down. The whole concept of a play call, how does it go from mm-hmm. the guy in the press box making the call to the snap on the field happening? What, what's, the trans, what's the channel of communication? Can Harbaugh say, no way we're running that play, or does he blindly trust his coordinator? But anyway, so Wilcox said, you know, that's probably a play that Tyler Huntley has never run in practice. It's probably mm-hmm. always been run by Lamar Jackson. And when you watch that play start, <clears throat> I mean, nothing goes right. Huntley and Duvernay almost crash into each other which probably would have been a better – it would have been a better, <laughs> better outcome. outcome. Uh, and, then, and then Duvernay doesn't really sell it. Prochet doesn't sell it from the start. From the start, um, it, you could tell what Prochet was up to. And Wilcox, the other thing he said was, was a great point. He said, I guarantee you, you were up in the press box thinking that. Guess who else is thinking that? The Broncos coaches are going, look, they can't do anything to us. Be ready for some kind of trick play they're going to try. Mm-hmm. Um, and indeed, so Harbaugh was right. It was a bad play. It was a bad design. It was a bad time for it. Uh, and it was a bad execution. So do I think we'll see that play this week? No, I do not. I don't think we'll ever see it again. The, the, the really funny part of that play is Prochet easily could have deked around that defensive end that was kind of in front of him. Uh, I mean, the, isn't the player's obligation there, though, to look up and see you're throwing it into four four versus one coverage? It's a good point, and and John Harbaugh was asked about that as well, and he said, "I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna fault a receiver for that because you know right. receivers are not in the habit of reading defenses to make a pass." But to your point, you would think they have options. If it's not there, you throw it out of bounds, yep. or you run it. I think I think there were two defenders and two blockers. He possibly, if the blockers make their blocks, he could have sealed them off. He might have been able to run. Right. But at the very least. Or he could have got out. I mean, almost everything could have been better yeah. than what happened. Yeah. But, um, yeah, Harbaugh said, look, I'm not going to put that on a wide receiver who's not used to reading and assessing that. But, yeah, that you'd, think they like, you'd like to think that Prochet is, hey, if it's not there, just throw it out of bounds. But he's also not on the field much. He's trying to make yep. a play. It's yep. a six-point game. He's trying to, you know, he's just trying to make a play. And, and it, it just turned out to be a disaster. And, when they finally come down the field again at nine to three in the last minute, and I'm thinking, 
if they had that field goal, all they need now is a field goal to tie to extend it to overtime. But um, we know that Huntley led them. They got the they got the drive in and they win the game. So I'll say this about Tyler Huntley: there is no shortage of drama with this guy. Mm-hmm. I was I wrote on something I believe it was for Press Box that Tyler Huntley, in his four starts last year, if you recall, he led a last minute touchdown drive to beat the Bears. They lost to the Packers when a last-minute two-point conversion failed. They lost to the Rams when the Rams scored in the last minute. They lost to the Steelers in overtime. And this game on Sunday, they win on the last minute. I mean, if Hyrule Huntley's in the game, I have a pretty good feeling this game is going down to the wire. Uh, I think that's a very fair thing to expect at this point. At Smolka on Twitter is how you follow him, pressboxonline.com, every day to see his stuff. And, of course, as he pointed out, Believe in Ravens is the podcast with he and Dan Wilcox. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts. Bo, appreciate it, sir. We will talk to you again next Friday. Have a great week, all right? All right, thank you. Take care. Thanks, Bo. That's Bo Smolka, Pressbox Ravens beat writer. UMBC basketball, big one tomorrow night against Morgan State. Check them out at the peak, Chesapeake Employers Insurance Arena, and, of course, an even bigger one on January 1st, rematch of the America East Championship game against Vermont. Get your tickets right now, umbcretrievers.com. When we come back in, Diamond Miller, what a start to the season she's having. Maryland, uh, Brenda Freeze won her 600th career game last night as uh, they got another buzzer beater. Diamond Miller joins us next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. That first sip, that first bite, mm. starts your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. What's up, everyone? This is Tyus Bowser, and I'm excited to tell you that I'm back with Season 2 of the Tyus Bowser Show in partnership with Pressbox and Great Ace Memorabilia. Join us on Tuesday nights throughout the season as I'll be heading all over town with my special guests and, of course, our co-hosts, Glenn and Rita. What is it, Rita and Glenn? What is it? I look forward to meeting you guys and talking a little bit about football and a lot about life. And if you happen to miss the show, you can now catch a replay Friday nights on 1057 The Fan. Get all of your details for the Tyus Bowser Show right now at PressBoxOnline.com slash Bowser. The next Tyus Bowser Show is Tuesday, December 13th at the Hamilton Sports Bar and Grill, 5506 Harford Road. It's brought to you by Maryland Vascular Specialists and the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill. Sports betting has come to Maryland, and we're ready to help you win some money. Tune in for Simply the Bets every Tuesday morning at 11.40. FanDuel Sportsbook GM Leon Twyman and VEASAN's Aaron Oster join the guys every week to give you all of the info you need and offer you a few winners. And every other Thursday at 11.40, tune in for Weekend at Bookies as Andrew Stecka and Alloy Sports' Brad Cronthal help make you some money for the weekend. So come win some money with us on Simply the Bets every Tuesday and Weekend at Bookies every other Thursday. 
brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. Watch at YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. The weather outside is really unpleasant, so it's time to warm up with some comfort classics this winter at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. Try the twisted ribs and wings combo. It's two full pounds of meat, the mac and cheese bites, Mr. Richard's meatloaf, the citrus salmon, the winter spinach salad, and for dessert, here's internet radio personality Griffin Bass to tell you about the bourbon butter cake. Oh my god, it's so good. Pair it with a blood orange bourbon cider or a devil's backbone cranberry smash. Place your order now at glorydaysgrill.com glorydaysgrill Great food, good sports. Check out Jeremy Kahn's daily picks at PressBoxOnline.com as he tries to find you daily winners. And speaking of winners, here's a man who once won a media curling contest. And I don't think anything else. He's Glenn Clark. Hey, how does $200 in free bets from DraftKings sound after you place your first $5 bet? How about $1,000 in risk-free bets from BetMGM? Those things sound good to you? Huh? Do they? Micah, do they? Oh, no, Micah's a college athlete. They can't sound good to him. I'm sorry. Take it back. Take it back. Not for Micah, but for anybody else who's not a college athlete and is of legal age to bet in the state of Maryland, I bet those things sound very good to you. Pressboxonline.com slash offers is how you go about getting them. Stan the Fan is in studio with us on a Friday edition of the program. Stan, the Maryland women have had a flair for the dramatic this season. They sure have. Last night, buzzer beating three from Shy Sellers. And last week, our next guest knocked down cold-blooded buzzer-beating game-winning jumper. A dagger. Notre a Dame. dagger. Indeed, a dagger. Yeah. They're getting ready for a huge showdown with UConn at home on Sunday Joining us now, she is Maryland star Diamond Miller. She's with us on GCR. Diamond, it's Glenn and Stan in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. No problem. Anytime, honestly. What is, I appreciate what, what is with you guys and the flair for the dramatic of, of <laughs> what is What is going on with this? Like, you guys are just purposely keeping the games close so that you can, uh, you know, have some fun and create some highlights at the end? Yeah, we like to keep it interesting. No, uh, yeah, we definitely need to work on consistency and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, we're keeping it very interesting right now, which is good and bad. But right now, the fact that we're coming out with the wins is the most important thing. So the fact that we could finish in these close games shows we're very capable. But now we just need to close them a little bit earlier. <laughs> yeah. That, I mean, clearly, winning is the part that matters. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. Um, I am as much, I have as much of a killer instinct as I have like six legs. I am not someone that possesses these traits. What is it like? Like, can you take me through your mindset? Take me back to last week at Notre Dame. You're, you're controlling the ball. And you just know, I want things to go through me. I've got that killer instinct. What is that feeling like? And where does it come from for someone like you? Uh, that feeling is, it's a weird feeling. Because, like, during the game, you don't really feel like you're dominating or whatever. You just, like, are going through the motions. But, like, in those last seconds, I was just like, I want the game to be on me, make or miss. If I miss, we would have went to overtime, make, and then we end the game. So that's all. that was all I was thinking about, which is making one shot, 
in the game. I wasn't thinking about like the highlight reel or anything like that. I was just thinking about the game. And I just did what I needed to do to help my team win. And it obviously worked in our favor because I made the shot. So it was just a surreal feeling, honestly. Hey, aside from uh, uh, how well the team's playing right now, I just wanted to ask you a question as to how the girls handled or felt hearing the news that Brittany Griner had been released yesterday. Uh, it was such a step forward for uh, this country. Brittany Griner is a great WNBA player, and it was unfortunate what happened to her, and I'm just so happy that President Biden could do whatever he could to get her back. We were all ecstatic. I mean, the whole team was, was such- the whole team was, and I imagine Purdue was too. Yeah, right. you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, when we heard the news, it was just awesome to hear that like her ver- her voice got heard, and we did all we could do to get her back home, and we're just happy to see her home. That's awesome. That's, That's great. Awesome. She's great. Diamond Miller. She's with us here on GCR. Um, Diamond, so so you, you hit the game winner against Notre Dame, and then like the internet explodes, and everybody's talking about you. Are you the type that has to like play it cool? Like, yeah, uh, yeah of course Kevin Durant's tweeting about me. Like, of course I'm number one on SportsCenter. I'm Diamond Miller. Or are you the type that like internally is really freaking out as you see like every basketball player in the world talking about what a stone cold killer you are? Yeah. Um. It was a little bit of both, you know. Uh, <laughs> as basketball players, this is what you, you come to schools like Maryland or UConn and stuff like that to be in those big-time games and highlights. So it's what I signed up for, and I was just happy. I was prepared for the moment by putting in the work in. And, yeah, like I said, I didn't expect it to blow up or anything. It wasn't my intentions. It was just to win the game. So, it was great to see all the recognition and stuff, but like, I've been doing this. Just I just haven't hit a buzzer beater. I've been a great player and stuff yep. like that. So I think it was just good timing. I guess it was pretty cool to see the recognition. But honestly, I don't care about the recognition and stuff. That's not why I play basketball. Sure. I play basketball because that's what I love to do. It yeah. does. It can't. It can't suck though. Like it can't suck yeah. to see. Steph- <laughs> Last night was extra special. Win number 16, or 600, that is, of course, yeah. uh, for Brenda in the process. I saw the celebration you guys had for her afterwards. Um, can, can you take me through, you know, for someone who wasn't from here originally, um, how important Brenda was and you making your decision to come to Maryland and, and what that was like for you guys to be able to celebrate her as she reached a really remarkable milestone? It was awesome, and I got fortunate enough to be a part of her 500 win too so i i'm actually in disbelief that we won so many games i was like i've been here for four years and she already got plus 100 wins just in four years which is amazing uh but uh yeah she's a dog that's why i came here i love her passion uh her will to win no matter the situation and Every year she gets me better, coaches me hard, and this is the reason why I came here. Is is the matchup Sunday against uh, UConn, is it still what it was when you first got to Maryland? Is it is as much of a big game as it was back then? 
I mean, I think anybody who plays UConn just because of their history of of greatness is always like a big game, you know, because you always want to be the team that beat UConn, uh, especially with all the success they had throughout the years and decades. So, yeah, it's pretty, it's definitely important, but it's still just a game. and I'm not going to overthink it, but, yeah, it's going to be a fun one. A question about UConn. They're clearly still a dangerous opponent that can win the national championship. They might not win every game they every might not win, year. Right. The way In other were. words, what's happened to them yeah. over the last two or three seasons really speaks to the fact that there's a lot of talent now being spread out, and he hasn't been able to just cherry-pick every great player. Would that be a fair statement to make, Diamond? Uh, I definitely believe that uh... – the talent is everywhere now, like you said. Uh, there's talented people everywhere and on every team. So it just makes the game more competitive, and it's so much – it's way more fun to watch because it's not just one team that dominates everything. It's like anybody can lose any night. Uh, and I that's agree. The, that's the beauty of the women's game now. It's developed so much that it's not just one powerhouse team. It's – a dogfight every time, which makes it interesting. And we're going to get more viewers because of it, because it's not just one team. There's talent throughout the country. Now you just got to watch. Big games every night. That's a great point, right? Yeah. Like It's not just, hey, what's UConn? It's big yeah. games yeah. every night yeah. that you got to tune in for. I imagine it would help, though, if you guys had like a jam-packed crowd on Sunday. Yeah. To, like that, that would go maybe asking people to consider coming out and and spending their Sunday afternoon with you guys to try to create uh, a really dramatic. And we've seen some massive crowds, obviously, over the years for games like this. But that would be a big help for you guys, right? It's, yeah, I mean, our fans are our sixth player on the court. We need them. They're loud. They're the best fans in the country. So it would be great to have a great crowd, and I'm pretty sure we are. I mean, it's, it's UConn. Maryland-UConn, it's a big deal. Yeah, it's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, yeah. hey, Diamond, I got a question for you. You're, what, 20 or 21 years of age right now? Yes, when you were 21. When you were seven or eight or nine – is playing professional sports as a woman, did was that something that a young girl could have aspired to back then, the way by the age of, say, 14 or 15, it's become an option for you to make a living at this? Yeah. Uh, definitely at uh, 7, 8, 9, it was kind of like, what am I doing with my life just in general? I didn't really think too far I just was trying to get to middle school at that moment. <laughs> but, you know, when I went to uh, 14, 15, 16, especially like going into high school, and I realized that people do make a living of playing professional, it definitely opened my eyes to something I didn't even realize existed. And I, I'm just happy I'm the age I am as it continues to develop. I mean, you could just see that the WNBA already increased the like uh, the salaries of those players so just knowing that the game is constantly developing is like so exciting and it's a great time to be alive right now plus you plus you you timed it right to get a taste of nil as well beforehand you really did time this exactly shout out to your parents (laughs) 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 right for the timing Uh, 
Uh, Diamond Miller. I know it's Diamond Miller with a one instead of an I on Instagram, correct? That's how Maryland yes. fans are following you. Um, yes. So make sure you're doing that. It is awesome to watch you play. Truly yeah, a joy really enjoyable. to watch you play. Um, can't wait to see you guys on Sunday against UConn and what you continue to do throughout the course of the season. Truly appreciate taking a few minutes for us this morning. Thank you. Have a nice day. You as well. Diamond Miller checking in with us here on GCR. She's a hell of a player, man. Speaking hell of, of a the, player and, and a thoughtful young lady, too. Um, yeah, to your point, expected to be a top five pick in the WNBA draft this year. Like expected. In fact, I think what do you what do you think a player like her can now make? I don't know the answer to that question. I, I, we talked about this once before, and I just don't. I remember I actually looked it up, and I yeah. don't remember what the answer is off my the, off the top of my head. But it is a a living now. Like you can yeah. make a living. In fact, there's been talk that like. They purposely are trying to drive more money to prevent players from having to go play in Russia. Right. And they don't want that to be something that has to occur any longer um, for pretty obvious reasons. And players. That would be an interesting conversation with Adam Silver. Sure. You know, I'm not sure. saying we're going to get him. Right. But, I don't, but, I, we, we can ask. Yeah, I'm we not can, opposed to. No, it would be. Would, you know, because yeah. they have sort of subsidized the league in certain ways. Yeah, but it's it's there are more and more markets where they are truly, truly drawing yes, people. Like, yeah. Matt, like really has been a tremendous run. And yeah. look, I mean, the product's incredible. I mean, I'm a I'm a Phoenix Mercury fan myself because of my time out there. And um, so that's why the Brittany Griner thing was really tough because before that all happened, they were a Buzz saw. Micah, did you uh, have a number for me? Yeah, this has like the one through four in the WNBA draft. Their base salary, like rookie year, is seventy two thousand. Yeah, it's pretty pretty decent. And then it's it'll a, go up from yep, there, obviously. 100%. And she is absolutely going to be in that territory. Yep, that's great. As a top four pick that's in the great. WNBA draft. I mean, that's a very different thing for young girls now. And she she and the people that have come before have really been the pioneers building something that might really being, uh, you, you, you didn't know, happen not. to watch the? Um, they did. They did a story on the '96 uh, Olympic women's basketball team. They did a thirty no, for thirty about it. it. No. It was really, really good about all the pressure that came with that team and trying to launch the WNBA and everything that went along. It was a really good it's an thirty for thirty. Story, yeah, you know. it's a really incredible story. All right, Stan, the fan is here. Trent Dilfer is going to join us in just a minute. Stan, I want to ask you a question. Yeah, we're talking about Raven Steelers this morning. By the is, way, can I ask you real quick a question about Trent Dilfer? Not Because I know no, you no. know, I know you know him much better eh, than I do. But close. I was, I was covering him. I was, yeah, sure. you know, on the broadcast sure. back when when he was around. It, does he bristle at being asked questions about about Moving not on, getting I, about not getting the second chance? I, would he go, "Hey, I'm not gonna"? Would he? Yeah, I think yeah, he would. Per, okay, be he per, prefer, like, to say, does he bristle? He's not gonna, you know. Say I'll never talk to you, yeah, right? Like it wouldn't like, be that. Rico. But I, yeah, correct. You said I'll never talk to you. But I think it would be more like, yeah, guys, I'm not, I'm not really interested. Right. That's sort of where. I mean, we've he and I have talked about it right. before, and you know, he's kind of maintained the way that he's felt about it. But he's never, I, I don't, he's never been. It's never been the reason why he wouldn't come on with us or yeah. something like that. He's never said I don't feel like going on in Baltimore because I'm done with all of that. Like right. it's an interesting. I just. Again, I don't think he would say, oh, the, the, who, who are you? Get, I'll never talk to you. I don't think it would be that. Okay. Right? Like, right. I don't think you'd get that response. Um, this is the way I'm going to ask this question. Yeah. Raven Steelers, the concept. Is Raven Steelers, as we know it, dead? Is it dead? As we, as 
it, in the con- like, look, it, there's still two teams that are re- geographically close, and there's still two teams in the same division. And but is does Raven Steelers still stand out more than another game on the schedule at this point? That's a really interesting question at this point. Seriously, um, I, I'm trying to think of what has surpassed it now because there was a about an eight or ten year period that I really now we can be biased being in Baltimore as I'm sure somebody doing sports talk in Pittsburgh would be biased to say that boy we're part of the number one rivalry. Mm-hmm. But I sensed that it was the number one rivalry. All around the country, people respected it, kind of like Duke, North it had Carolina. To be on. It was in prime it, it time. A, it, it had to be. It had in, to be on. Yep. Right now, I would say it's been it's been marginalized right now, and I think the Philly Dallas thing might be about to to overtake Maybe. that. Maybe there have been know. there have been some others that have percolated, and you yeah. know, San Francisco Seattle was hot for a little while there, and then yeah. that. That kind of kind of died down. I, mean, I, I hate thinking, to say it, but I think Ben Roethlisberger had a lot to do with the passion that that game had on both sides. I, that we hated him so much, it was passionate so, for us. So twofold. One, I don't think even in, I don't even think it's a national. I don't think internally that people see the schedule come out in Baltimore and say, "Well, the, the Steelers game is now the game I have to be there for." Yeah, versus, I don't think they feel that way. Versus, right. say, the Bengals game, I think was a big one this year that everybody said, "I got to be there." Last year, it was definitely the Chiefs game. Like, yep. have to be there Sunday night against the Chiefs. Whatever it is, I can sell any other tickets in my plan, but I have to be there for that one. I don't get that feeling that now. Last year was a killer because they put it in Week 18, which was insane, right. and you always knew that you were running the risk of the game not mattering, mattering right. and all that sort of stuff. Um, but your other point about Ben Roethlisberger, and it's it's a little bit about Ben Roethlisberger, more about there hasn't been another significant figure to emerge in this rivalry. Lamar Jackson has been almost non... A non-factor. He's, he's barely yeah. played yeah. against the Steelers during yeah. the course of his career. There hasn't been another player to emerge post that group of guys that has given a new chapter, a new it's essentially now John Harbaugh and Mike Tomlin, and that's kind of the last vestibule of the great Raven Steelers rivalry that's left at this point. No, it's an it's an excellent point, Glenn. I have really felt is. nothing that yeah, I agree. Like this week it has felt nothing like Raven Steelers. It's not week. registering on the Richter scale. Right. And, and yeah. I get that we'd feel differently about the game if Lamar Jackson was playing, but I still yeah. don't think that would make it feel like it was a Raven Steelers yeah. week whatsoever. All right, uh, joining us now, this man, of course, a Super Bowl champion here in Baltimore, and now he is a head football coach at UAB. He is, of course, Dilfer's Dimes himself. The great Trent Dilfer is back with us here in Baltimore. Trent, it is Glenn. It is Stan the Fan Charles. It is so great to catch up with you. Thank you for taking the time, and congratulations on the new gig, my friends. Guys, thank you. It's great to be back with you all. It's great to chat with you, man. Can you take me through just like when when this was on your radar? Was this the plan? When you were getting into <laughs> coaching, was the idea, I'm doing this because I do. I want to move up. I want to get to the college level. I don't get to the pro, whatever it was. Or when you got into this, was it more just like, ah, it's an itch I want to scratch. I'll go have some fun coaching some guys, and we'll see where things go from there. Might be a really long answer. So just tell me to shut up if I get going. Ah, <laughs> we'll never do that to you. Uh, no, I, I never 
was ambitious. In fact, for nine years, if you go back and look at my TV career, I would rip ambitious coaches. <laughs> I would say I, I, I'm, I'm the son of an offensive line coach that ran the disabled services program at a high school. And then he went to a junior college and he passed up Cal and Stanford and, you know, all these big jobs because he was a passion coach. And then I had college coaches, you know, Jim Sweeney, who everybody forgets about, but is one of the greatest college football coaches that's ever lived. And he could have gone to the Raiders. Al Davis tried to hire him and he could have gone to the NFL. And he said, no, you know, I'm passionate about these young men at Fresno State. You know, Jeff Tedford, who was, I was his first, first round pick, he passed up head jobs early at lower programs because he was invested in us at Fresno before he climbed the ladder as a coordinator and ultimately became a head coach. Almost had to pull his teeth out to be, make him become a head coach. And I get to the NFL and I saw kind of the, the good and bad side of that. I saw coaches that were using you as players and using games as resume builders because all they cared about was themselves. And you leave so much shrapnel in the building when you do that. <clears throat> so I would, I would talk about this on TV globally. Like you have passion coaches, you have ambition coaches. You can be a great coach if you're based in passion and you will climb the ladder. You'll give, be given other opportunities to make more money, coach better players, have a bigger platform, but it starts because your passion for the people you're trying to develop, not just your players, but your assistant coaches and all the people in the building. And I turned down management offers in the NFL, mm. quarterback, coordinator jobs in the NFL, um, college head coaching jobs, and I retired. I got out of football. I was just kind of disgusted with the game of football and where it was going and played golf 218 times in 2018. and. Sure. Yeah, you know, still getting paid by ESPN, so I was kind of living the American dream. <laughs> and I, but I would wake up each morning, and I, the hair on my arms wasn't standing up. You know, I wasn't tingly. And my wife and my kids were just like, you know, you're not the same, Dad. And I, I made a conscious decision that I wanted to go climb a mountain. And I didn't know it was going to be coaching, but I was going to take on a great challenge in life that was going to wake me up every morning and get me excited about living and have people tell me I can't do it so I could fight about fight against that. And it happened to be high school coaching. And, and now listen, they were the 3000th ranked team in the country. when I took that job. They had 38 kids in the building total and six were lifting with a PVC pipe. They didn't have hair on their bodies <laughs> and they were run. They were running out of bounds, not to tackle kids. They had nine seniors on senior night the year before that chose not to play. And not one senior was hurt. They just quit. Oh. I, I would have fit in really that's nicely like, on that roster Trent. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that's where I walked into talk about it. I cried. I literally, you can ask a guy named Trenton Kirkland, who's now an analyst at Vanderbilt. who's my first OC. I cried the first time I watched their, them play football. I cried. I looked at him. I said, we're never going to get a first down ever in our whole career. <laughs> we're not going to get one first down. And we turned that into the a 10th rating team in the country in four years. The most dominant defense, probably in the history of high school football. Like we're really, we were really good. We were dominant. We, we had a running clock in almost every game we played in the, at the end of the first half. We did that in four years. We got to the mountaintop and, and, about nine weeks ago, I'm looking at my wife. We're sitting down, having a glass of wine, watching, like, I think it was a Tuesday night, like, Mac game. And I said, sweetie, I, love I think. Football. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah. I, I can tell you, it was Ball State. I don't think Miami of Ohio. It was, like, Ball State, Eastern Michigan. And 
I looked at her, I said, you know what, these guys, I, I, I don't want to do this. Like, I love what we're doing here. We're changing kids' lives. We got great friends. We love the city. I got a grandkid here that lives in the city with my wife and, and my daughter and son-in-law. I mean, they're seven minutes away. And I'm like, we're living it great. And she goes, that's exactly why you did this, was not to get comfortable. Mm. She goes, you were made for more, you were made for more than this. Mm. And you are your best when you're uncomfortable, when it's hard, when it's building, when it's trying to get everybody, pulling everybody in a new direction, when you're battling battles. Like, that's what wakes you up and gets you going. She goes, I'm in. We're empty nesters. We'll figure out the grandkid thing. Like, if you want to go do something bigger, go do it. And, you know, I've had some ADs and presidents calling me, gauging my interest. And I said, okay, if she's pushing me this direction. So I started listening. And as I started listening to Mark Ingram, the, the athletic director here at UAB, started learning more about it, started developing relationships with the committee members. Uh, it had three things that I was looking for if I ever went to the next level. It had a president that cares about excellence, and that's all he thinks about, is how do we make this institution excellent at every level? you got to have that. You have to have an AD that understands the impact of football, not the importance. It's not more important than anything. It's really not. Listen, I have three daughters that are Division One volleyball players. I don't want football to be more important than their volleyball programs. But the fact of the matter is it's more impactful. It impacts an institution more than anything else. It impacts, in the Southeast especially, it impacts a city if done right, for positive, for unification, um, for morale. Uh, and then you got to have a donor base, and this is a key one. There's a lot of donor bases that talk a big game, but they haven't actually shown that they're invested. This donor base, I would argue, is invested as anyone. I mean, they brought football back. Um, they've built this, these incredible facilities. They've invested in football and what it can do for your institution in your city. So I checked all those boxes, and I was like, well, I guess this is the direction I'm going because it's uncomfortable. That's where I'm at my best. It checks all the boxes that I want to check. Um and I'm, I'm young enough, 50 years old, although I look 70, you know, I'm 50 years old and I still got juice now. I mean, like in these last, I've been here for eight days and I'm walking around tingly and fired up, breathing fire. People are excited. Like we're going to get this thing done. That was a hell of an answer. Trent. That was a great that answer. That was Trent. a hell of an answer, man. That is a, a window into your soul and it's, it's remarkable. Trent, I've got to ask you a question, Stan Charles. Um, I'm not comparing you at all to Deion Sanders, but I was absolutely blown away that when he took this job at Colorado, that the first thing he did was tell all of his players to transfer. Would would that be, and, and I understand being truthful with players, but to blanket say that, uh, would that ever be something that you would say to a group of young players? You know, I learned a lot. Chip Kelly is a dear friend of mine, and I think one of the better leaders in college football. Uh, and he told me something years ago that really resonated with me. He said, "You're gonna any coach has enough issues with his own team. Why would he ever talk about something?" All right, fair enough. Fair enough. And I, I'm literally going to answer, and, and I'll I'll get to your answer. Okay. I believe in nurturing young people. Like I'm a parent. I've raised three daughters. Um, two are married. I lost a son when he was five and a half. So I've been parenting a hundred boys a year in high school. I'm a nurturer by na by nature. Um, I want, I want to see young people change this crappy world that we've screwed up. I, I say this all the time. If you've turned on the news in the last three years, 
and you felt good about what you're hearing, you have issues. Yep. You have an issue. If you are watching the news and going, heck yeah, we're in an unbelievable place as a country, you got problems. We are broken. We are hurting. We're not unified. We're angry at each other. Mm -hmm. There's hate every single day. We, that's our fault. Yep. That's this generation's fault. I want to nurture the next generation to fix this crap. Hmm. And I think if we don't have that posture with our young people, we're just pouring on top of the dysfunction that we're all living in. I think football is a great tool to teach how to be empathetic for somebody that grew up totally different than you, looks totally different than you, is in totally different social economic um, situation than you, and somebody has different political values than you. Football brings that together. And I think this is a great platform to teach unity. I think it's a great platform to teach empathy. I think it's a great platform to teach service. I think it's a great platform to teach sacrifice. Um, and so to go in and say, get, get out of my building, is just piling on top of what's been going on in our country. Okay. So I want to go in and bring people together, not divide them. I love that answer. It's, Trent. It's an, Trent Dilfer is with us here on GCR. The, the, the part of that, though, it's an interesting time to be taking a job as a college football coach, right? Trent, there's a lot of guys that you know that are saying, I don't, I don't want to be in this business any longer. This is not, you know, this is not the college football that I knew once upon a time. And admittedly, selfishly, I'm a guy who says I want what's best for these kids, and I'm glad that they have the opportunity to profit off of their name, image, and likeness. I think that every human should have the right to be able to do that. But you know, did you have to think about just the nature of college football on the whole when you decided to make this jump and clearly how different it is, you know, from when you were playing many years ago? Yeah, and I'm an idealist. And I might be wrong here. We might be talking in five years and be like, well, I was wrong on that one. <laughs> I, think, I think we can help change it. I talked to a guy this morning that's been in the college football playoff. He's been one of the most reputable college head coaches of the past 15 years in college football retired now doing TV, you know, he told me not to do it. Hmm. I had a lot of guys I admire tell me not to do it. I had a lot of guys I admired saying only do it if you're trying to change it. Um, it's not for the money. Like, I, you know, that's the cool position I'm in in my life. Like, yeah, money's cool. It creates cool stuff for your family. It creates convenience, um, can create generational wealth for your grandkids and all that stuff. But I don't need that. Um, it's about trying to change something that's broken. And I'm, I, I may not make a dent in it. I'm fully aware of that, but I'm going to try to do it. Um, I agree with you. I think they should be rewarded for what they bring to an institution. I just think it needs to be done in a team atmosphere. I think there, it is a meritocracy. I do think they should have the ability through an agent to make money off their name, image, and likeness. Uh, I don't think that we should be handing them bags of money to build a roster. You know what I mean? I just don't, we're not going to do that here. That's just not what we're going to do. We, we do want to build collectives. We do want to do things that allows all of our student athletes, the entire student body, like my daughter at Liberty, they do a great job of Liberty of helping every student athlete uh, find compensation based on their um, serving the athletic department and the revenue it generates for the athletic department and the institution. I think those are good things. Um, how you balance that in a team dynamic and recruiting. And I'm seven days on the recruiting trail and it's brutal. Like it is absolutely cutthroat brutal here in the Southeast. It's kind of fun, you know, cause <laughs> you're only going to, you're only going to get kids that want it for the right reasons. 
and want to earn it instead of be given to them on the front end. So you can recruit a roster of non-entitled kids, which are ultimately going to win with you when you have standards that are different than the people, people standards you're recruiting against. So again, I've, I've always said this too about head coaches. I've played for a couple of hall of famers. I have a pretty unique football life. The people I know, Bill Walsh was a mentor before he passed, you know, so I've been around some of the greatest and, they they taught me what it looks like to build a winning roster. And a lot of that has to do with the character of the person that you're building your roster with. And when kids need or parents need something on the front end and they're not willing to earn it, probably a sign that they're not going to fit into the roster that you're trying to build. It's interesting. That's really interesting. I know you got like a million things to do today, so I can't, and we can't keep you long, but I got to knock out a couple things. One we're getting a 30 for 30 on the 2000 Ravens. Are you at all nervous about anything that your kids at UAB might see? Like, is there, is there anything maybe that like behind the scenes might've happened where maybe just something embarrassing that you wore in the year 2000, maybe something that, 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 that you said an all color quip, like, is there anything embarrassing at all that you're worried about coming out? Cause you know, all your kids are now going to be glued in to this 30 for 30 when it airs in February. Not really. I mean, there might be that I'm not aware of. I don't remember anything. I, I make fun of myself all the time. I think of all the people in a position of influence and leadership, I probably make fun of myself the most. Um, I think that relates to kids. I think it shows your vulnerability. I've owned my mistakes. I've made lots of mistakes. I mean, lots of mistakes. And I've owned them. I've tried to become a better man through them. I show a lot of grace to my players. Now, grace also has an accountability piece into it, right? Grace, unmerited favor, but there's accountability with it. So I've had to suffer the accountability of my mistakes, and so will the players here, but they'll be showing grace. We're not going to cancel the kid because he does a knucklehead mistake, right? Um, Listen, I I don't think there is. I've been part (laughs) of this process. I'm, I'm excited about this documentary. I've lived with the microphone underneath my shirt for, I think, the last 12 years. Sure. I was on TV doing doing Elite 11 documentaries. They did a documentary at Lipscomb Academy that's aired on Valley Sports. If you're looking to watch it, I haven't seen it yet. But, you know, there's two one-hour episodes of how we built that thing in Nashville. Um, I'm used to that. Um, I'm, I believe in transparency. I believe people need to know kind of what how somebody's wired. I think documentaries are cool for that reason. So um, maybe people will get a better insight to who I am as a man and the, and the process of growth that I've gone through. That's cool. That's cool. Hey, Trent, uh, the American Athletic Conference, I'm not fully conversant on who's in it or not, but I looked at your schedule a couple years down the road, and I see you play in two consecutive seasons. You play Charlotte. They're not in your conference, though, are they? They're USA. A couple of us USA are moving to America. Are you familiar at all, though, with the story of their new head coach, Biff Pogey? I am. He built St. Francis. I built Lipscomb very much around the model of St. Francis okay. without the recruiting. Yeah. Wow. They were able to recruit. Like, there's just different state laws, right? Uh, in Tennessee, you can't actively recruit. So it goes to the admissions department. And so what we did a really good job of is we made ourselves known. So we used the power of social media. We ended up with having like 20 million impressions over our time at Lipscomb Academy. We leveraged my TV career. I'm still doing TV to get people aware our admissions flooded once they get through the admissions process then i was able on campus recruit i think that's you know the way you look at it so we could never get them on campus 
But once they were on campus, we obviously sold what we had and showed them what we could provide for their families. Um, and that helped us build it. But I built it a lot like Bill built it at St. Francis. We loved those kids unconditionally. We walked with them through the challenges of moving uh, into a different learning environment, both academically and football. Uh, I, I actually researched what he did pretty extensively and got to know the now uh, coach at St. Francis through text and possible game matchups and max preps rankings. And by the way, they would have smoked us. They're better than us. But <laughs> you, you talk we about- got. You talk about starting your career, college career at 50 coaching. Yeah. He's 62. Right. I mean, he's been working for Jim Harbaugh, but geez, it was 62 first head coaching job in college football. That's wild. Yeah, I think what, I think what's going on right now, and you're going to see more of this, um, you're going to see this with the Jason Wittens and the John Kitnas and um, Jeremy Macklin and you know, there's a lot of, you're going to start seeing very sophisticated men with sophisticated football lives being hired in leadership positions in college football because, one, there's brand value, right? You're going to attract a recruit because that dream of playing in the NFL and that, frankly, that person knows how to get people to the NFL. I know how to get a kid to the NFL. But I think the other thing is managing people. You know, when you have a, when you have a rich football life where this bill and how he did it in high school and then going to Michigan or what's the next NFL athlete doing it. You have a rich football life, and you've seen a lot. And there's a level of sophistication that gives you an advantage of managing a building, managing people, managing a situation, handling conflict. Uh, yeah, I can go on and on and on. Yeah. I think that's where our rich football lives give us a distinct advantage is kind of the pelts on the wall and then they're done that. And I also think football kicks you into growing enough over the course of your football life that you learn how to pick yourself back up when you can't breathe. And that's a lot of football. It's you get kicked in the groin, you can't breathe, you're on the ground, you want to quit, but somehow you get back up and you bring others with you. And, and I mean, I, <laughs> 42 years of this, and that's kind of a common theme. Uh, man, I, dude, I wish we could do this for another hour because I feel like we're only scratching the surface on all this, but I know you're a busy man and you got more to do. Um, well, you know when you guys come up to play Navy in the future, there's an entire state that still yeah. wants to buy you free meals, that yep. still wants to buy all your beers. Like, you know how yeah, beloved. I'm in for the crab cakes, baby. I, I, I'm looking forward to that trip for the crab cakes. I have no doubt that's the case. You know how much you are still loved in this area, Trent Dilfer. So happy for you, for your family as you make this jump, man. The best of luck to you at UAB, and we will be in touch, all right? Thanks, guys. Appreciate the Good time. Good luck, Trent. Uh, Trent right, Dilfer bye-bye. with us here in GCR. Some fascinating stuff in there. I thought we might end up just talking Ravens, but his – dude, he really kind of gave us a window into yeah. the soul of of him as a man and where he is at this point. That's why I asked you the question, does he bristle at it? Or, and and your answer about talking about the, the thing where Brian Billick made the decision to move on from him uh, if it it was if it's old news to him, I didn't want to go so there. So I'll give you an yeah. example. Remember, a couple of years ago, we did the um, uh, we did an anniversary issue of the I think it was the 20th anniversary that we did yeah. in 2020, right? Yeah. Of the 2000 Ravens. And remember, the the original idea we had was could we talk to both of them at the both same of time? Them, Billick and Trent Dilfer. And, and he made it clear to you he really wanted. I I believe he ended up doing something that ish like yeah, that with but the he, ESPN, but, he didn't wanna, yeah. but it was very like I, I'm going to talk to you I'm, I'm happy to do it but I just 
I'm not really interested in rehab. And I remember even saying, like, I don't really want to talk about that as much as we're trying to celebrate, right? Like how it happened, yeah. how did it work? Yeah. Because as you know, you and I talked about a lot when we decided to do that issue. That to me was the story of that team. It was this was impossible. Nobody in 2012 we all thought the Ravens could win the Super Bowl. When we woke up in August of 2000. None of us. We didn't know we were in the midst of liftoff. <laughs> yeah, correct. Exactly right. There wasn't a single one of us that was saying to ourselves, "Yeah, boy, I'm looking forward to this." Yeah, let's let's get to Tampa team. in January. Right, right. None of us were thinking about the Ravens as as a Super right. Bowl contender. So that to me was the story, and I really wanted to go there with it, and it was just nah, not. He's a very not, interesting guy. Oh my I've God, always he's felt incredible. That. One yeah. of my favorite a story that gave me goosebumps was the way he would talk. So you know, he was here for one year. He and Ray Lewis were teammates for one year. Right. When they were working together for ESPN, he said it was like having your little brother on the road with you. Like they would like like travel, they would purposely sit and they were in this butt and they would sit next to each other. Like they could spread out, there was plenty of room. Mm-hmm. They would choose to sit next to each other to just talk football for and life for hours. And it gave me goosebumps him describing it. He was like, yeah, Can you imagine his first team if he gets Ray Lewis to come down there? Oh, I, I imagine that's a to call that he's going to make. Yeah. I imagine but that's that is come that's up. intense. No doubt, man. Uh, I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed It was a little bit different. I yep. really enjoyed uh, Trent Dilfer talking about uh, where he's at. And that was, I, you know, who knew that the. the he, he had such an, a, an admiration for, for Biff Bogey. Correct. And what it is that he had done at St. Francis. All right. Uh, today's show is also brought to you by the, well, by the Tyus Bowser Show, which returns this coming Tuesday night. We will That's be, the last one of the season, right? Others oh, talk may, now. Maybe. We okay. will, we will okay. see. We're Never trying. It's the last scheduled one of okay. the season, but we're hoping that maybe, maybe there could be. Maybe you get Trent Dilfer there. I would love to have Trent yeah. Dilfer come up, man. I would <laughs> love. I, I don't know how many people have maintained their popularity in this city the way that Trent Dilfer, for being That's here for one, one year. That's the one good thing about being one year champion. The only thing everyone right. ever thinks of is that dude won us the Super Bowl. Right. <laughs> like It's the only memory they have. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Tyus Bowser Show, Tuesday night, Hamilton Sports Bar and Grill on Hartford Road. Tyus and a special guest will be there. It's a partnership with Press Box and Grade 8's memorabilia. And it's brought to you by Maryland Vascular Specialist, the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill. We will see you on it Tuesday night. Uh, Miles Boykin's going to join us. Micah's got young Utes. I got like one or two more things I just want to run by you because I know you might have to duck out yeah. a little bit early today. Yeah. So I got one more two th- more things I want to run by you before you get out of here. Stan right. the Fan is here. It is a Friday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Looking for a simple holiday meal? Try Chick-fil-A catering. From Chick-fil-A nuggets to mac and cheese, enjoy a variety of tray options sized perfectly for your get-together. Order through the Chick-fil-A app and bring smiles to your family gathering. Availability and order requirements vary. See restaurant for details. UMBC basketball is back at Chesapeake Employers Insurance Arena, and tickets are available now at umbcretrievers.com. Don't miss any of the great early season matchups as the men take on local rivals Morgan State on December 10th, and the women square off with American on December 18th. And on New Year's Day, a rematch of last year's America East Championship game when the men welcome Vermont to the peak. Experience the excitement of game day by getting your tickets right now to come see the Retrievers at Chesapeake Employers Insurance Arena. Lock yours in at umbcretrievers.com. 
Come experience Maryland's number one sportsbook this NFL season at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, the ultimate place for any sports enthusiast. Take advantage of our 24-7 kiosks, massive video screens, and watch all the action from the best seat in the house. With more money paid out than anyone around, make every moment more at the new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. The Baltimore County Police Department is hiring. Entry-level officers start at close to $59,000 a year with a $10,000 bonus. Some restrictions apply. Plus a great retirement plan, medical, dental, and vision insurance, advancement to specialized units, tuition reimbursement, 15 sick days earned per calendar year, and even further incentives for military members and veterans. If you have a passion for service and want a career for life, visit JoinBaltimoreCountyPD.com or call 410-887-5542. You must be a United States citizen, possess a valid driver's license, and have a high school diploma or GED equivalent. The Baltimore County Police Department is an equal opportunity employer. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, New Maryland basketball coach Kevin Willard sits down with Stan Charles and Glenn Clark to discuss the situation he inherited in College Park and how he plans to get the program turned around. Also, inside, we introduce you to men's and women's college basketball players from all of the teams in the area. And Bo Smoka profiles Ravens receiver Devin DuVernay. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Experience the best in Kamado Grilling, a complete outdoor cooking appliance. The Ginsu Kamado Grill allows anyone to sear, grill, bake, and smoke all types of food. Designed for efficiency and function, the Ginsu Kamado Grill upholds the enduring legacy of the iconic Ginsu brand. The Ginsu Kamado Grill is perfect to cook all year round, is great for parties, and ideal for tailgating with your friends. Reserve your Ginsu Kamado Grill today at ginsugrills.com and get $100 off on your pre-order when you use the promo code tailgate that's ginsugrills.com reserve yours today join glenn at halftime of every ravens game for the project game day halftime show at facebook.com slash sports we apologize in advance there's not much we can do about his face stan the fan tell me about the show you did last night uh we had on tom strickler gary stein and i were joined by tom strickler who is uh, an old friend uh, he used to do my high school basketball shows with Paul Baker. Okay. Uh, and he's been a recruiting guy in that realm for 35 to 40 years. He works for an organization called Steve Keller's National Recruiting Report, and it is a coaches-only um, subscription type of thing, and they tell you about players. And I wanted to have him on to talk about his assessment of Kevin Willard as a recruiter and uh, we got that assessment. And uh, interesting, we found out also right away from Gary's line of questioning that Kevin Willard really is focused on this DMV. Mm-hmm. It's a There's strong, no rich yeah. area of recruiting. He put, he put a staff together yeah. with a priority for yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and it's an interesting conversation. You can find it right now, facebook.com slash pressboxsports. Click on the videos tab. Go to youtube.com slash pressbox uh, online or Go to pressboxonline.com slash video. Uh, quick, le- Griffin, this is going to be a quick lesson. All right? I just need you to th- – there's two things. One, St. Francis here is with an E. 
St. Francis. F-R-A-N-C-E-S. You also got to make sure you know how to spell McDonough. They take those things very personally when you don't know how to spell. And, like, if you never call Mount St. Joseph Mount St. Joe's, you never, ever, ever do that. It's Mount St. Joe. Like, those are some things around here that these places take very personally when you get it wrong. Should, so I, should I fix it? I don't care what you do with that, but I'm just it's a lesson, right? It's a I, lesson. Remember when, make... I remember when David Modell moved here. Mm-hmm. He referred to Polly, you know, the, the high school. Poly, Baltimore Polytechnical he, Institute. He called it, though, Polly. Ooh, and I sh- And he had done it, yeah. and I'd heard it a couple times, yep. and I pulled him aside, and I, he goes, I, I really appreciate that. I said... People are going to look at I, you funny here. They're, they're, look, I, Scott Garceau is Scott Garceau. I will never like, – I've said this before. Even when you guys were getting mad about Scott Garceau on the Orioles broadcast, I'm going to defend Scott Garceau because he's Scott Garceau. That's the way it goes. But even I, when he says Kelvert Hall, and I know it's not – like I know he knows what it is. It's just the way that he says it. Even I – and I don't care at all about Calvert Hall. Like I have no connection other than I can see it from my – it's like uh, Sarah Palin. I can see Russia from my house. <laughs> um that's the but whenever I hear it, I'm like, oh, it's like nails on a chalkboard. I'm just like the other thing doing? that David said. He used to always early on, and in the same conversation, I corrected him about or informed him right. of the pronunciation for Polly. Uh, he used to always refer to Memorial as Memorial. Memorial. Is the stadium? Just, he, he just called he it would Memorial. Just call it, he would call, yeah, always reference a, it, and I'd go. People here are yep. used to hearing it as Memorial Stadium. Yep. And he really thanked me. Yep. You know. It's just it's just things that like I I think I spelled I definitely did Mount St. Joe's once when I was first getting into this business, and I had to have somebody grab me and say, "Do never, never, ever, ever do you say Mount St. Joe's? They will. It is not okay over there. It, they get, it's very personal. If I'm not mistaken, the old stadium, mm-hmm. you at one point in its history in Cleveland was called Memorial. And you think that's and why? It, I, I think it was called yeah. Memorial Stadium, but okay. in Cleveland, they it, I don't know they if it was of, a real war memorial or not. Um, before you have to duck out today, a yeah. couple of things. Yeah. One, moves that were made this week, what stands out to you as being most significant? Obviously, I'm not talking about the Orioles because I don't know how you compare the greatness of Franchi Cordero to the greatness of Nomar Mazzara. <laughs> I'm talking about the rest of baseball. What do you think? We know what was the biggest headline grabbers, Aaron Judge going back to New York. What was the move to you that had the most, I don't know, seismic shift for the 2023 baseball season? It's a, a darn good question. I love the Cleveland move of picking up Josh Bell I really because like I think they're a really good team, well-managed, and they've got terrific pitching, and they've got a lights out with Karinchik and uh, – uh, Manuel Claus, the they've got yeah. an incredible bullpen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that Texas did very, very well. Uh, I'm not sure that three years from now they'll be happy they got Jacob DeGrom, but I think he and Heaney really put that pitching staff on the map a little bit. Okay. So uh, those, those are a couple. I thought Boston had – Boston is getting, by the way, really beat up because of how much they paid the Japanese player, right? They Misaki, did, and yes, Misaka. and they didn't, and they didn't get Bogarts back yeah. after it seemed like everybody going into the offseason thought he was going to end up coming back to Boston. So, well, it was fascinating, you know, because I'm on MLB trade rumors all the time, and it said they building momentum, and it turned out they were six figures away. I mean, yeah. you know, well, I mean, I don't know that really anybody to... saw. 
I mean, it seemed like San Diego was, we decided we're going to spend an absurd amount of money on somebody. So, right. We missed out on the guys that we wanted. Right. So we got to give this money to somebody, and it's Xander Bogarts like, was the guy waiting there. It's almost like I, I just don't get A.J. Preller. He's He must be the most incredible salesperson to convince his owners to, just to spend that much money. Absurd, you know? absurd yeah. amounts and of money. And what does it mean about Tatis? You know, is Tatis got to miss games at the beginning of the year for I his I thought that suspension? his suspension could count while he was hurt. I thought that was the... I'm not sure, because I, I just don't understand what... Their plan is clearly that he's an outfielder right now. Yes, that's and, the, the and, word was right field. Right. right. And, uh, well, isn't that Soto where Soto would play? I guess Soto would go to uh, left. left field. Yeah. yeah. Right. I don't know. I, I heard them talking on the... The MLB Network show, they kept referring, he's going to play center field. So, to your point, he still has to miss like the first two weeks. Two weeks. Two okay. weeks of the season still okay. the serve. I just don't understand the, the Bogarts. Uh, look, you know, I, it's nice to be able to afford that, but. Yeah, I mean, if you can. I, like, I, it's not my, as I always say, it's not my money. So, I'm never going to be, I will never be bothered by the amount of money you spend on someone because you're not spending my money. Um, I think that money can be better spent a lot of times. I think there's a lot of times where I see something like this and I say, I could understand why you wanted to spend a boatload of money on Trey Turner, right? Like, I, it makes sense to spend an absurd amount of money on Trey Turner. I don't know that it makes sense to spend an absurd amount of money. I like Xander Bogart. He's a hell of a baseball player. Nobody's debating that. But for 11 years and $280 million? Uh, I, I would have thought... That seriously, they made an assessment of Josh Bell based on a couple months where he wasn't that productive in their uniform. They somehow don't think that $26 million over two years would have been a better expenditure or risk mm -hmm. than 11 years of Bogarts. And then they would have had Bell at first, right. Cronenworth at second, and right. Kim at shortstop. Yep. With Tatis to still, be, yeah, could have come back to play shortstop. I just don't understand it. The, well, you know, Kim, I heard Kim I, was a really good defensive player. He was a good player. Def yeah. defensive player, and he got had a little pop last year. Yeah, John Morosi made a very interesting point. This will be forever remembered as the winter meetings where the fear of aging players disappeared oh, yeah. again died i right? mean you got you remember with pool holes everybody yep. said oh we can't give an eight or ten yep. year contract yep. and we saw th what three of them in mm. the matter of yep. three days there's no doubt yeah um and then my other the other thing i wanted to cover with you your reaction to the john Heyman thing because i didn't talk i like john and i don't want to i don't really know john but i know i, and that's I know what, i'm not work. close with john yeah but John, you know, has over the years, now he's got like a deal with Odyssey now, so he can't come on this show any longer. Right. But, you know, he's come on my shows. He's made time. He's been, you know, he's, he's never a, a jerk about it. I like John. He's a respected insider. Yes. But it's clear that he's in the bag of uh, Scott Boris. Do you, do, what is the danger? Can you make a mistake and it's a mistake or is something like that? Uh, way too significant and does legitimately start end up making you have credibility issues yeah i think it i think it certainly can you know when the reporting starts to affect what happens mm -hmm. uh and scott boros is a brilliant at using that mm -hmm. you know and this was one case where we think that uh, john Heyman's report got uh, got aaron judge an extra year and 40 more million dollars more 
to go where he wanted to good, go anyway. Good, good for Scott Boris. He needed that. Yeah. I mean, he was really going to be struggling yeah. otherwise, right? Like, yeah. he probably would have had to have just only had three boats at yeah. that point instead of the fourth. So, yeah, yeah good for Scott Boris that he it, was look, able to pull John's, it John's a big-time guy because he's got the New York cachet to him. But it would be to me, it's akin to not wanting to bash Donald Trump because you won't have his base. So if you sort of just tell Scott, I'm not reporting that, mm-hmm. you know, the the fear is that he won't talk to you anymore. I'll give you I'll give you a, a small example of something. Someone yeah. I know. Oh God, I don't know how to say this without. Someone I know who works for a football player gave me some information last weekend. And I decided that I wasn't going to share it. And the reason wasn't because it wasn't significant. It wasn't overwhelming. And I even gauged exactly what I was going to do. But it was just, I don't really feel like calling a second source about this. I don't feel like spending my time with this. And I'm not going to run with something that isn't double sourced. I, on Monday, told everybody that Tyler Huntley had, was sick. Tyler Huntley played Sunday's game. And in fact, there was question about whether or not Tyler Huntley was going to be available. There was a chance that Tyler Huntley – could you imagine if Lamar Jackson had gotten hurt and Tyler Huntley was so I, sick that he wasn't available? And I they guess had to, Prochet would have. No, nah, Mark Andrews apparently is the emergency quarterback, and I, I don't think that – I don't even know if they have more than one play in the package for James Prochet, and that one's definitely gone. Um, but Tyler Huntley was – he legitimately had yeah. the flu. I mean, like he was legitimately sick, and they didn't know that he was going to be available. Two different people told me that. I had one person tell me that in the morning, and then I had somebody else later on in the day tell me that. And once the second person told me that, I said, well, I'll tweet about that. I'll put that out there so, mm-hmm. so people know. Because I, it is an interesting – it's not overwhelming. It's not game-changing. But a second person from a different place told me about that, and that was enough for me to say it was okay. This other piece of information I got, I only got from one place, and I said – not going with that. Not going to do that. I'm not. I'm not going to put that out there because it's from one place, and that place might have a reason that they want that information out gotcha. there. And so I'm going to choose not to do that. I'm mm. just going to pass, and maybe somebody else will end up getting that information. Good to have ethics. You uh, is is this you got it? You ready to go? Is that you? I'm going to let Micah do Young Utes until we get uh, Miles Boykin on the phone. Do you want to hang for I'm a gonna, second? I'm going to pack up and be prepared. All right, very good. Out. All right, I'll very be good. in next Friday. Stan the Fan Charles at Stan the Fan on Twitter, and of course uh, his next show. Next Friday is the the payoff of the lunch. Oh, that's right. We got a big Glory Days lunch yeah. coming next Friday. It's Micah's last day last Friday, in fact. So it's a good way to celebrate Micah's wow. last day. I do like that. Wow. Uh, you have plans for Monday night yet? Uh, n- I'm going to try to get Rich Dubroff. I okay. didn't want to bother him in Out transit in Diego, yeah. uh, and sort of recap the winter baseball meeting. Very good. We'll, right. we'll look forward to that. Thank you, uh, sir. I will tell you that next Thursday, Gary Stein and I will have our sports business uh, symposium oh, yes. with We're, Andy Dolich yep. and uh, from Marty the Conway. left coast and Marty Conway. Excellent. All look right. forward to that. Thank you, my friend. Guys, have a great weekend. Stan the fan, Charles. Go Ravens. As he does and every- go UAB. Yeah, right? Unless they're playing Navy. I mean, like, other than that, like, we're on board, though. Uh, I appreciate uh, Stan hanging out with us this morning. So uh, we are expecting to hear from Miles Boykin of the Pittsburgh Steelers, of course, former Raven, but it's kind of a up-in-the-air thing because they got meetings and stuff like that going on today. So whenever he calls, Mike, I might say, shut the F up, you, you <laughs> son of a bitch. And say no more words, all right? So understand that, those exact words. That might be how it goes. It's time for Young Utes. Young Utes is brought to you this week by Glory Days Grill. We were just talking about going to Glory Days Grill next Friday. 
I know what Griffin's going to be getting. Yeah. Um, he'll probably get the <laughs> bourbon butter cake. Oh, my God. It's so good. You uh, should get mm. the twisted ribs and wings combo with two pounds the of meat, meat, tornado. The meat tornado. That's right. The winter spinach salad, the citrus salmon, the mac and cheese bites, the Mr. Richard's meatloaf. It's all available on the Comfort Classics menu right now. Pair it with a blood orange bourbon cider or a devil's backbone cranberry smash right now at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill, glorydaysgrill.com. Micah, what you got? All right, so this week this week was a big week for music. There was a lot of stuff that happened in that world. Uh, so the first thing is, do you know the artist SZA? Of course I know SZA. Yeah. So oh, SZA dropped a new album, first one in five years. By the way, I heard years. her on uh, SNL on Saturday night. She sounded great. I yeah. love, I'm a big SZA fan. I, what, she's mad because a bunch of people were supposed to be on a record and then they just didn't do it or something. Oh, really? I didn't yeah, even hear about that. Yeah, was a story about that where like, like apparently the people had offered to do verses for oh. her and then they just didn't or something like that. That's, That's terrible. Yeah. And then the other so that album was pretty big. It's our first so she had her first like commercial album was five years ago and hasn't really done anything besides the Black Panther soundtrack since then. So that was pretty big. Yeah, nobody heard about that. Because yeah. it's the Black Panther. Who would ever be paying attention but to the Black I feel like Panther? That was like that was like what, three yeah, I get it. three, I four get years it. ago. Uh the other major album was the producer Metro Boomin. Now, this is where you lose me, dog. So he's one of the major producers right now, and he's released a couple albums before. He's a producer and has other artists come on. Um, yeah, I get it. Mark Ronson put out an album yeah. a couple years ago. I mean, so, like, I, I understand that. But. So this album's blowing up, and just the first song alone, these are the three features on the first song alone, just the intro to the album. It's John Legend, Homelander from the TV show The Boys, and Morgan Freeman wait, does his producer tag. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> What? So it's a a, I, ra- a I, rap producer. I love I love the boys. By the way, it's yeah, one of my favorite shows. Did you see the trailer for the new spinoff? Wait, spinoff? What? Gen no? Gen Five or Gen V or whatever? What? They're like in college, like X Men vibes. I'm interested. I'm interested. It looks sick. All right, give me the song that I should listen to. Just the first song with John Legend. What's it called? Um. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. This is where you need to be prepared. I want to listen to it. It's the first song on the album. I mean, the album is Heroes and Villains? Yes. On Time is what it's yes. called. Hang on a second. Oh, damn it. Now I'm playing in the background. Nobody wants that. I just want to hear this song. You want me to, uh, you want me to play? Hang on. Well, I, we're, not, we're not supposed to play music through right, the, yeah, because then they can kick us off Facebook or whatever. It does have some profanity, too. My apologies. Uh, you know, I mean, we're on the internet. Uh, does it get to it at some point? Oh, yeah, wow. So, it does have uh, some profanity, yeah. doesn't it? <laughs> Didn't really waste any time getting to that. The, that's John Legend. Well, I do love John Legend. Yeah, he, like, there will never be a day where I hear that voice, song. and I'm not very excited about it. Um, and then Homelander's like a little later in the song. All right, all right I'll save this for another moment. I was <laughs> I was hoping there was going to be a big payoff. And then Morgan Freeman does his producer tag. Like, in what Morgan way? Morgan Freeman's on a bunch of songs. So what does it sound like? He just says... So like Metro Boomin. So like, like is that usually one of his producer tags is like if young Metro don't trust you I'm gonna shoot you, <laughs> and Morgan Freeman says exactly it, he's yeah. like if young Metro don't trust you, <laughs> MFR you better run. <laughs> all right, all right, I'm in, I'm in. So I thought that was in. cool all right. to have Morgan Freeman song. It's very random, but I'm in, I'm in, I dig it. Um, right. so next another big big thing in music. What's going on? What, what, what are we touching? What, somebody's know. touching. Somebody, somebody, somebody. There he's, he's good. All right. All right. All right so another. Everybody freeze. 
Okay, you can go. <laughs> so another big thing in music, this one's much less positive, but there was one of the biggest music leaks in recent history this week. Um, over 300 songs have been leaked from some of the biggest names in music right now, including Lil Baby, 21 Savage, Future, Young Thug, Gunna, ASAP Rocky, and a bunch more. I thought Gunna was in jail. He is, and his songs are just being leaked. Says Young Thug. And their songs are being leaked. Uh, Young Thug's also on like three songs on that Metro Boomin' album. Okay. So okay. And Gunna. Um, are they doing them from jail or are these just songs they did before they went in? I don't really know. I'm assuming they were before. Before? I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't know how that works. I don't know how that works. But the artist who received... I mean, at this point, who knows? Maybe that you can get, get a recording. Sure. Like, I don't know. It's Making yeah, music is far different than it was once upon a time. Yeah, I mean, like XXX has plenty of music coming out since he's passed away so. and juice world. Well, okay yeah, but juice world. it's that's so it's a different like, like tupac i think has still put out records recently yeah, like well, i yeah. mean but a lot of times it's just like well, it's probably the same deal like they just recorded stuff and yeah people are finishing it for right, them. but that was right. the person who got hit the most by the leak was an artist a rapper named young nudie and he had over 170 songs leaked in one day his name is young nudie n-u-d-y of course it is but 170 songs in one day leaked, that sucks. Yeah, it's not ideal. That's like 10 you're, albums. You're not looking for that, clearly. Um, this is a weird like thing, because I have to admit that I am part of the problem. And I, now I beat people up about stealing things. But like, of course, when I was in college, I was on Napster every moment of every day. Yeah. Like, It's all I ever did. Now, this is before... This is before. What is going on? We got to figure that out. I got a no, lot of... Hold on. I got a lot of questions. I got a lot of problems with you people. Um, I was absolutely using Kazaa and and LimeWire and whatever the hell the Bear Bear Share or whatever. I mean, I used back when every, I was an infant. Like when they would when they would crack. Oh yeah. Oh, well, you might not have been alive. Um, I was a freshman in college in two thousand one. Um, I, not alive. Yeah, that is terrifying. <laughs> um, I, like one of these things would crash. Like they finally shut down like Kazaa and we'd be like, no. And then it'd be like, don't worry, you can flip over to yeah. You know, squirm word or something like that. We're like, all right, cool. We'll go do that instead. Um, so I am part of the problem because I spent a good chunk of, I don't know, five years of my life stealing music. Then we all, like, finally Lars Ulrich pulled us all aside one by one and was like, now don't you steal that music, boys. Yeah. Stop doing that. This is how we make our living. And then, of course, now why would you possibly steal music when you just pay for a subscription that gets you all of the music ever made? Yeah. Ever. That's the craziest Ever. thing to me is imagine writing. No one writing... your age will ever understand the insanity of this. Like, it's oh. impossible to talk about. Like, streaming like, versus no one buying. Could ever under... We had to go every Tuesday to buy every album that was coming out and then we, like, trade them with our friends. Like, I'll burn a copy of this one for you yeah. so I can get your copy of it. Like, this, the insanity of just having all of this at your fingertips will never be something that I can possibly explain to a young yeah. person. My dad gave us some of it because he would burn us like mixtapes and stuff to listen to. That's cool. I had a Walkman, that's collect dope. records. I like that. I like yeah. that. I like that, man. It's wild. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that sucks. Obviously, that sucks. It's lame. It's yeah. it's awful. Like, you know. 170 songs in you're, one you're day. Having, you're having your property stolen. I mean, like, and that's the. Yeah. We talk about like leak. We say words like leaks when we should use different language to understand More what's intense. actually going on. Yeah. Like, that's theft, is yeah. what that is. It's theft it's not like it it is theft what you did there is yeah. no getting around it if you know if if you go steal a car you know you're stealing a car this isn't oh it's on the internet ali ali oxen free no it's 
theft yeah. what you're doing that sucks some of them are like hunting down the engineers or whoever's responsible they should the same way that if you have somebody if, if somebody comes to your house and steals something yeah you should try to hunt down the person that did it twitter was going crazy they were like was the hard drive password like one two yeah. three four five or something <laughs> like, like big boobs yeah songs in one day yeah um right. so the last one is did you ever hear like the tiktok trend like a year or two ago um on like whether it was a bones or a no bones day no so there was a dog named noodle okay and he blew up like millions of followers on tiktok every day his tiktok would blow up because his owner would sort of hold him up he was a little pug an old pug and he would lift him up and if the pug fell back down and went back to sleep it was a no bones day and you weren't getting anything done and if he stayed standing up it was a bones day and it was going to be a good day but unfortunately the pug noodle passed away this week oh so there will be no more oh at age 14 so that's a long life for a pug God, that is a heck of a life for a pug you're not wrong about that i i just learned about him two minutes ago and then you killed him for me yeah. you son of a bitch you missed you out built it up just to gotta stay with the you're, trends you're the one you're the monster today like you introduced this joy to my life only to immediately take oh it's this wonderful thing that everyone enjoyed and you'll never be able to experience it <laughs> What a monster you are. Rest in power, Noodle. God. Oh, that sounds sweet. I can't wait to check it out. <laughs> and you can't. You can look back at the archive. dead. <laughs> dead. 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 Yeah. I what guess it's only terrible, a Bones Day now. Terrible. Oh, God. Man. What are you doing? I couldn't keep it in. You, 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 you know what? We might make today your last day. Hey, hey. Son of a he was 14. That's a long life. It is a heck of a life. All right. Re- yes. Rest in power, Noodles. That's sad. You have made me sad. I hate <laughs> you for that. All right. We'll try to squeeze in a break here. Uh, we are scheduled to hear from Miles Boykin before the show wraps up. We also need to get a tidbit and tubular. If uh, you're looking for a simple holiday meal, try Chick-fil-A catering from nuggets to mac and cheese. I mean, come on. It's Chick-fil-A catering that we're talking about. You can enjoy a variety of tray options sized perfectly for your get-together. Order through the Chick-fil-A app. Bring smiles to your family gathering. Availability and order requirements vary. See restaurant for details. Brazil just scored. Whoa. Neymar. 106th minute. In extra time. In extra time. It's crushing news for John Proctor. Crushing news. Still time for Croatia to try to get on the board and uh, force it into PKs. All right. Very good. It is Glenn Clark Radio. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. Experience the best in Kamado Grilling, a complete outdoor cooking appliance. The Ginsu Kamado Grill allows anyone to sear, grill, bake, and smoke all types of food. Designed for efficiency and function, the Ginsu Kamado Grill upholds the enduring legacy of the iconic Ginsu brand. The Ginsu Kamado Grill is perfect to cook all year round, is great for parties, and ideal for tailgating with your friends. Reserve your Ginsu Kamado Grill today at ginsugrills.com and get $100 off on your pre-order when you use the promo code tailgate that's ginsugrills.com reserve yours today 
UMBC basketball is back at Chesapeake Employers Insurance Arena, and tickets are available now at UMBCRetrievers.com. Don't miss any of the great early season matchups as the men take on local rivals Morgan State on December 10th, and the women square off with American on December 18th. And on New Year's Day, a rematch of last year's America East Championship game when the men welcome Vermont to the peak. Experience the excitement of game day by getting your tickets right now to come see the Retrievers at Chesapeake Employers Insurance Arena. Lock yours in at UMBCRetrievers.com. Join the Maryland Jockey Club at Laurel Park for Christmas Tide Stakes Day on Monday, December 26. An exciting day of live horse racing awaits you with a whopping six stakes races worth $600,000 in prize money. Plus, enjoy a specially curated stakes buffet, a delicious hot chocolate bar, and hot cider cocktails. It may be cold, but Laurel Park has plenty of horse racing excitement, food, and beverages to keep you warm. Don't miss Christmas Tide Stakes Day at Laurel Park. Visit laurelpark.com for more info. Another Orioles season is in the books, and the Bataround was there every step of the way as the Birds posted their first winning season in six years. And after promoting two number one overall prospects in Adley Rutschman and Gunnar Henderson, Mike Elias has said it's liftoff from here. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, and along with my co-host Zach Goodman, we'll be here every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon all off-season discussing every signing, trade, and waiver claim as we navigate the cold winter months that lead to spring training. You can watch us at youtube.com slash pressboxonline and facebook.com slash Pressbox Sports or listen live at pressboxonline.com slash radio. And if you miss a show, you can find us anywhere you get your podcast. So tune into the Bat Around with Paul Valley and Zach Goodman every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon, right here at Pressbox Sports. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. If you can't listen or watch live, you can subscribe to the show via Spotify, Amazon, or Apple Podcasts. Leave a five-star review while you're there. Or, if lying isn't your thing, we'll take a a three-and-a-half-star review, too. The best place to watch and bet on every sporting event is the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland, including a big fight night tomorrow night when... Jan Blakovich. That's for, that's the best you've done. Yeah, pretty much it. Jan Blakovich. Jan Blakovich takes yes. on this one. Anke, Ankelev. Um, yeah, more or less. Magomed. Magomed Ankelev. Ankelaev. Ankelaev. Out of Dagestan. Yes. That's tomorrow night, the main <laughs> event of UFC 282. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, Terrence Crawford. Now, you tell me how to pronounce the dude he's fighting. It's uh, like Adi Aviad Adavizag or something like that. Add a visa, not going to work here anymore. Um, Ivana Sion. Ivana, is it? I don't know. You have no idea. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Ivana Sion. That's what it looks like. Uh, Both fights, uh, both cards will be uh, shown in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland tomorrow night. So you can reserve your spot right now by emailing events at sportssocialmd.com. Trust me, you can sit at home and watch the fights and pay for them if you want. If that's what you're into, go ahead and do that. But... Why would you do that? You can watch them for free and win money betting on them in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. By the way, are we? Did was there a, a movie review that you did? Because I was about to put Office Space. You clearly have no idea that that line was from Office Space. Hmm. You clearly the no, not gonna not gonna work here anymore is from yeah. Office Space. That's you've never seen it, obviously. No, no. So I need to put that on your list for homework. Is there yeah. one that you did that we haven't oh, yeah. reviewed? Yeah, Old School, I think. is. You one. watched Old School. We haven't reviewed school, it. Yeah. Can you please remind me of that so we can put it on the list to do yeah, that yeah, yeah, next yeah. week? Yes. 
I mean, we're going to run out of time today. I don't know if we're going to get Miles Boykin or not, but yeah. um, can you please make sure that like we do that? Sure. Maybe yes. maybe next Tuesday or Wednesday. Okay. Because we Wednesday that. probably the day that we have the most. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. Next Tuesday or Wednesday. Can you please remind me? Because at this point you might have forgotten all of the things yeah, that yeah, happened yeah. in old school. I think school. I remember most of it. Yeah. Okay. Then I, I need the, we need the to premise. put. I don't know if you had another one that was on the list that you're going to watch um, before then. I can bump up Office Space, I guess. But Office Space Let's should definitely see. go on. My list was Mystery Men. Something yeah. about Mary's on there. Okay. So understand, Mystery Men is very selfish to me. I yeah. understand. <laughs> That it's not viewed by the gen- general public the that way that not I... Good. It's not No, that's... <laughs> get the entire F out of here. For that, you have to go watch Mystery Men. That's your next assignment. Um, so I, I will accept that it's for the greater good that you would put maybe Office Space or There's Something About Mary. Now, we did There's Something About Mary with uh, Papa Cass. She was assigned There's Something About Mary. So we've done sh- that bit before. So I would say Office Space more. I think you should watch There's Something About Mary. It's a perfect film. But Office Space, I would say, more important and the one that we should prioritize at this point for your next okay. review after we do Old School next should we week. Should double up or I should, I should like hold off? So. Um, if you think it's going to affect how much you remember of Old School, then nah, yeah, wait until after we do the review. So. Um, but otherwise, be prepared. And yes, I think I, I am okay with doing this. You just have to... By okay. the way, this week we had plenty of time, Griffin. We had plenty of time. Drew is here. You feel like he gave us a lot. We didn't need to. <laughs> I would have been had no problem saying, "Hey, dog, you gotta go." <laughs> no issue with that. <laughs> we kept it around because we got a bunch of ringtones. <laughs> otherwise, <laughs> it's a rough week. So we had plenty of time to do it. Just please, you're the producer of the show now. Right, right. Put your big boy pants on. All right. Learn how to spell Saint Francis. Got it. Th- I think. All right. Yeah. And and get on this, All right. okay? All right, thank you. Did you really put your mustache on the like? Are we, did it? What, where do we come I mean, to I with g- that? I guess. I mean, I, I don't. I don't. Want I realize. I don't want it to seem like I was pressuring. I I made that decision in the moment. Griffin and I did a fun <laughs> bit yesterday with the crew up in Pittsburgh, uh, that that partners with the uh, live casino in Pittsburgh. We had a fun day, and I did. I I was trying to have fun and see if Griffin was so confident in his pick of the Texans to cover that he would be willing to put his mustache on the line. And then afterwards I said, I don't want this to be viewed as me, because this is, that, that's, not, that's not quite as silly as do, you know, eat, eat a pepper sandwich, right? Yeah. Like, I don't want it to be me seen as, as me pressuring you to do it. So if you're down, if you're into it, by all means, we'll do it. If you say, genuinely, I don't want to do that, I don't want this to come off as, I feel like I have to because... Glenn's my boss. Like, <laughs> if if you're good with it, we'll do it. If not, oh, you think this phone call is going to yeah. bail you from having to make a decision? Yeah. You got to think about it before the show's over. Before the show's over, I need an answer. We're going long today. We're going. We we go on long every day. I don't know why we yeah. say the show ends at twelve. We um, always. No, it's never. We have never ended a show at twelve. It's never happened. All right. Today's show is also brought to you. Or you know what? Actually, this is just a reminder. Sports gambling is legal on your phone in the state of Maryland. I know a lot of people are having fun and enjoying it, but there are some you know issues that can come from it. Gambling can be fun, but you should set a limit and stay within it. And remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. All right, joining us now as we get ready for Raven Steelers on Sunday, this man, a former Baltimore Raven, and now a Pittsburgh Steeler. And I'm a little bit nervous that we might be in store for a revenge game on Sunday, that he might be out for blood. He is 
uh, Miles Boykin, and he is back with us now here on GCR. Miles, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's good to catch up with you again, man. Thank you for taking the time for us. Hey, thank you for having me. Absolutely. I appreciate it. Uh, I, when, when we found out that you were headed to Pittsburgh, the first text that I got from a friend of mine was, well, we should go ahead and count on him catching three touchdowns against the Ravens, right? Like, that's just the way it's going to go. Um, I, I know that you're going to say all wonderful things about your time in Baltimore, but can I assume that maybe you're a little bit more up for this one on Sunday? Uh, absolutely, man. Uh, I mean, obviously, it's just, you know, exciting to play your former team. You know, anytime you get a chance to, and especially in this rivalry, it's always a little bit more between these two teams. Uh, but for me, you know, I said it earlier in the week, it's just uh, it's important to not let the emotions, you know, get the best of me and go out there and do my job to the best of my ability and try to go help the team win a game. I get that. I understand that. No doubt about it. Um, Miles, was there anybody that you had you had connected with in any sort of way in Baltimore, a friend, someone who was from here, that was most bothered by the news that you were going to be headed to Pittsburgh? <laughs> no, man. I mean, I had a bunch of teammates text me and just, Family, friends text me like, "Oh, out of all places, you going to Pittsburgh?" <laughs> Which is kind of ironic. It's kind of funny, but you know, that's just how things worked out, man. That's all. You know, it's kind of, kind of crazy, but that's what I love about it. At the same time, what what was your reaction like knowing that? Because obviously, this was a waiver situation. It wasn't one where like you, you know, had the pick of the litter. What was your like? Did you kind of chuckle a little bit? Like, oh man, Pittsburgh. How about that? <laughs> Yeah, no, I really thought it was a joke at first because my agent <laughs> called me and he was like, he was like, he's like, hey, how do you like Pittsburgh? And I'm thinking he's like, you know, I had clear waivers or something like that. And he was just asking me what I think about it. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, well, you're headed there. So <laughs> you're ready to get on the flight. <laughs> I was like, okay, here we go. Uh, but no, yeah, it was kind of crazy how it happened. But uh, definitely being here for this season, you know, uh, I've grown to love it here. And uh, my teammates here, and, you know, it's been nothing but great for me. Miles Boykin is with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. Miles, one of the things I've talked about a lot over the years is, like, for as crazy of rivals as the fan bases are in these two teams, um, these organizations are very similar, right? Like, there's continuity and long-term head coaches, and they're respected organizations within football. Being in these two places, have you now seen maybe some of those similarities between your time in Baltimore and now your time in Pittsburgh? Yeah, no, 100%. Uh, you know, I've been fortunate enough to, to play for two of the best organizations, you know, in the NFL. And I think that speaks to the cultures in, in both of the places. And it's just been, you know, amazing for me to be able to, to have this opportunity, you know, in my career. Who is, who is most, who is that that's most fired up in the locker room right now? Who is that that's got everybody, it's, it's, like, who is this that, that's absolutely ready to go for Sunday? That we, I just want to be prepared for it, whoever it is. <laughs> Man, that's Marcus Allen. Okay. <laughs> he is he is ready to go man <laughs> he is fired up for sunday um uh, yeah. miles is is there you know in part of your excitement about facing the ravens is there any part of it that you know I, I think it would be fair to say i remember you and i talking a couple times about this this didn't go clearly the way that you wanted it to go in baltimore is there a chip on the shoulder mentality is there something like that of I have something to prove that I had. I had a lot more to offer than the opportunity that I got to prove it while I was there. Uh, I mean, I think I care that anytime I step onto the field, to be honest. Um, but like I said, I mean, in this game and, and in this league, you know, if you go out there and play emotionally, you know, that that opens up to not playing the smartest way or trying to do something 
too much and then missing a key here, missing something there. And, and to me, I'm not trying to play this game with a clouded mind. I'm trying to go out there and do my job and win a game, you know, just like I am every time I step onto the field. So uh, for me, I kind of try to, you know, put that to the side and I'll think about it after. I'll think about it before the game and I'll think about it after the game. But during the game, I'm trying to be clear, clear-minded. What what have you told your teammates about? And I know that they, they got to face him last year for the most part in this season ender, but what have you told your teammates about Tyler Huntley? Man, just about how much confidence that, that locker room and that organization has in him. Because you know, when I was there, we had the utmost confidence in, in, in Snoop. So uh, from that standpoint, you know, obviously we don't know if Lamar's playing or not. But if Snoop is ready to play, then, you know, they're going to be doing a lot of the same things and they're going to be very comfortable with him back there at quarterback just because he's played so well every time he's gotten a chance to he's proved it to everybody in that organization that he can ball and what what is it about him right like it's 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 difficult to come into a situation like this backup quarter if beyond his skill set you know what can you tell us about him and and how he was able to compose himself and handle himself and and moments like this you know this is going to this is raven steelers right that we're talking about like this is going on the road in pittsburgh what did you learn about him that, that makes you know like he's going to be okay and he's going to be ready for these moments? Man, his, his poise. You know, like he didn't get back there and, and start panicking. He got up there and did the same thing that he does in practice every single day, and that's sit in the pocket, make throws, and make plays. And same thing that you've seen him do in preseason. I mean, there's nothing that, uh, that I've seen, at least especially when I was there, that would lead you to believe that he's not capable of, of, of being a good quarterback and being a great quarterback. So uh, from that standpoint, like I said, I mean, he does exactly what he shows. He gets back there and he's calm and poised. And that says a lot when your quarterback can be calm and poised. You know, it just helps the whole team out. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. Uh, Miles, a lot of guys struggle with the label of being, like, even a quality special teams player, right? Like, a lot of guys are like, yeah, but, you know, I want to be something else. Um, you have you've picked up that label of being an elite special teams player in this league. Um is it something that you had to, that you had to humble yourself to? Like, is it something that you were you always the type of guy that said, "I don't care if I'm the best receiver in the league. I love doing this." Right? Like, can you tell me about kind of being accepting that as being something that's going to be? I, I can make a living and do this for a very long time if I can do that and then contribute however else I'm going to contribute offensively. Yeah. No. I mean, it was never something I really had to accept just because I. I pride myself on being a football player. You know, even when I was coming out for the draft, you know, obviously receivers want to catch balls, but I wanted to be a play receiver. I wanted to do everything, whether I meant blocking, you know, catching, you know, it didn't really matter to me. I just wanted to be a complete football player, and that's still what I want to be to this day. So, you know, I love doing whatever it takes to win a game, you know, no matter how dirty, how crimey it gets. But uh, for me, it's always been important about just doing whatever it takes for this team to win a game, and uh, that's how I've always played my career. It's awesome, man. It's awesome. And not everybody has that, you know, like, you know that there are a lot of dudes, and I'm not trying to call anybody out, but you know that there are lots of dudes that are not nearly as interested in that. Like, that are, I'd rather not go be the one making that hit. I'm going to make a business decision right now. Like, those guys exist. Um, did you did you have any fun with any of your former teammates? Did anybody text you this week? Like, is there any chance there's some sort of, you know, I don't know, side bet that, like, you know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, like, that might be going on for Sunday? <laughs> Not, not yet, but I can imagine there's going to be a lot of talk right before the game and during the game. No so, doubt. No doubt. <laughs> we'll, have to, we'll have to see about that. No uh, it'll end up being a lot of fun. Miles Boykin, um, you did a lot of good things while you were here, man. And, and I don't even just on the field, but like I remember you during the pandemic doing like uh, virtual meet and greets with folks to try to raise money. Is there anything that you're involved with right now still that we could help plug for you? Uh, not right now. Um, 
definitely going to try to do something, you know, at the end of the season. But uh, we'll just have to see. I'm, I'm still getting settled in here, so I get it. <laughs> I've been busy. <laughs> I, I get it, man. Um, Miles Boykin, of course, you can follow him on Twitter at mboykin eight one four. Um, dude, I know, you know, it wasn't always easy, but you were always a stand-up dude and always somebody that when things were going well, when things weren't going well, you were the exact same guy. And I hope you know how much we appreciate that. Um, I, I can't pretend like we're rooting for you on Sunday. And frankly, I can't pretend like we're <laughs> ever going to root for you while you're wearing those colors. Like, it's just the way that it goes. Um, but I'm genuinely happy for you as a person because you're, you're a great person and we genuinely appreciate it all the time that you gave us over the years. Thank you for hopping on with us for a couple of minutes today, man. Thank you. I appreciate you. Miles Boykin, uh, former Raven, now with the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, getting ready for Sunday. I'm pretty sure Forrester was the person that texted me and was like, dude, you know. Like, you just know. Like, he's, he's going to not catch a cut touchdown all season. Then he's going to play the Ravens, and he's going to have – three touchdown catches on Sunday. Like that was and I just said, I you know, I don't I don't know, but I get it. I get why you feel that way. I understand. Were you trying to tell me the match had gone final? Was that what you uh, no. Croatia just tied it up. Holy F Yep. This is a uh, with two minutes left in extra time. Oh my God. So it could be going to Pens. Wow. Wow. Lot riding on this. Lot riding. Brazil of course the pre-tournament favorite to hoist the cup in some trouble. I mean, I still like Brazil in PKs. Like, I still feel good about the chances. I was like, Croatia hasn't lost a shootout, I think. Or they've won their, like, their last three. Well, they won the last one, obviously. Yeah. I think they've won the last, like, three World Cup penalty PKs really? they've been in. Really? How about that? Yeah. How about that? Obviously, their keeper, I think he was, like, the first to have, like, three straight saves or something in a shootout against Japan. Right. Um, so they, I mean, their keeper is Bono, or is that that was Morocco? Morocco, that Morocco was is Bono. Yeah. Who is Croatia's keeper? Uh, oh, I do. Oh God, what is, I something bitch. Mm, yeah. Well, Probably. <laughs> thank you, Micah. Nailed it. <laughs> Dynamite tipping. You're, you're right. They don't. Dominic Livakovic. <laughs> it's Ankalaev. There, you got it right. Griffin, you got that it's, one. It's Nama Number Number. What's the first name? Uh, uh, Magomed. Magomed. Yeah. Magomed Ankalaev. Megamind. Sorry. Megamind. Exactly. Love me some Megamind. <laughs> All in Movies on that. fire. It's great. Nobody's debating that. All right, uh, let's get a tidbit. Tidbit is brought to you today by the Baltimore County Police Department. Big day tomorrow. Community hiring event plus a non-perishable food drive and a toy drive. All of that going on tomorrow at the Timonium Fairgrounds. If you have been thinking about switching up careers, police officer starting salaries $60,686 with a $10,000 signing bonus. If you know someone who's looking for some direction in their life, someone who is maybe out of high school, not really sure if they want to go to college, not really sure what they want to do, trying to find themselves right now. Maybe they're working at like the, the neighborhood pizzeria or something like that. Maybe you just you know say, hey, why don't we go for a, 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 ride, a day out tomorrow and drive them over to the fairgrounds. Um, police cadet starting salaries, $32,611. So a great opportunity for you to be part of the change that you want to see in the police force. Join BaltimoreCountyPD.com is the website. And even if you're not thinking about a career change, just going out and supporting um, them and bringing out non-perishable food items, 
uh, unwrap toys. That would be a great thing that you could do tomorrow at the fairgrounds. You can also, if you can't make it out at the fairgrounds tomorrow, bring them by any of the Baltimore County Police precincts during the course of next week. They'll still be collecting, so I encourage you to do that. But tomorrow, 2 to 6 p.m., in the Exhibition Hall at the Maryland State Fairgrounds, joinbaltimorecountypd.com is the website for you to find out more. What you got tidbit-wise? All right, so Baker, uh, he became the first quarterback to lead a 13-or-more-point comeback in his debut with two different teams. Obviously, the Browns, uh, when he I did with them. I didn't remember that he had done that. Yeah. So. And uh, so he was the first to do that for two different such teams. A, such a weird night, by the way, right? Like, like, And I'm not trying to take anything away from Baker Mayfield, because it is. It is a, it is a good story, and... You know, I don't want to say I'm rooting for him, but I do think the narrative has shifted on Baker Mayfield for sure. Um, I'm not comfortable with saying I'm rooting for him because I still don't really know if Baker Mayfield's a good guy or not. Like, I don't know at all. Good um, commercials. Yeah, like, I did enjoy the commercials. I always did enjoy yes. the commercials. Um, I don't know if he's a bad guy for any reason. I just don't. I, I, there's nothing that would make you say I'm rooting for him yeah, openly. I think he was very involved in, like, the Cleveland community while I, he was there. Good. I'm so, glad to hear those things. Yeah. Um, it, it was weird last night. Again, if you watch the game from start to finish. So he wouldn't be your number one on Pats on the Ass. I would, I, I don't, I would have to think about who else really did anything. Yeah. It might be that well, Skrownik probably. I mean, Skrownik was a monster. Um, probably Skrownik would be one. He'd be high on mm. the list for Pats on the Ass. But for the totality of the game, there just, was a just lot Just like of, Huntley's not your one. Uh, well, Huntley definitely wouldn't have been my one on Sunday, for sure, because he was only okay. <laughs> Um, but that doesn't mean that he might not be this Sunday. He might play very well on Sunday, and then he could be my number one. This is not like me saying that quarterbacks can't be number one. That's, it's just that's the, what it seems. No, it's not that at all. Okay. In fact, okay. you'll go back and look. Yeah, there were yeah, plenty yeah, of games yeah. where Lamar uh, Jackson yeah. was number just, one uh, because he deserved to be number one. Um, you don't just get to be number one because you were the quarterback. Like, well, he won absurd. the game. Oh, for God's sakes, get the right, F out of right. here with you. Okay. Uh, uh, the moral of the story <laughs> being that there are so many layers to this. If If – Freaking LJ Tillery, or what the hell is his name? Uh, Jerry, Jerry Tillery. Tillery. Jerry Tillery. Oh, what an idiot. If that doofus just isn't a colossal horse's ass. Oh. I mean colossal horse's ass. This is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Imagine what by the way, I'm gonna feel very bad if we find out that Jerry Tillery is, you know, a great guy, whatever. Mm. But like th- how like you're a five year old. It's the type of thing that my child would do. You know damn well exactly what you're doing in that moment. The clock is running. They're trying to get back up the line of scrimmage. You either just, you know, your, your two, inner two-year-old clicks in and you just do something stupid for the sake of doing it, or you think you can get away with it to keep the clock running. You're an idiot. They are it's coming off a sack. They were going to be facing like third and yeah, yeah. something insane third 20, probably. with the clock running at like their own third. I don't even remember the situation. It was they were on deep in their own territory, mm-hmm. clock running, facing a bad down and distance. And this imbecile tries to slap the ball out of the hands like he is a toddler. I've seen a lot of dumb things in football. Like, you can kill them for jumping off sides on the punt earlier, right? But, like, that happens sometimes. Sometimes it shouldn't happen. The, the, the Rams were giving up. They were admitting defeat. They were punting the ball 
knowing they weren't likely to get two more drives in that game. The game was going to be over. Hey, look, whatever. The season's not going anywhere. We had to play a quarterback who isn't, you know, had been no in the building for 24 hours and has stunk all night. Like, it's fine. We understand life will go on. It's not like we're going to the playoffs anyway. They're prepared to help you win the game. Then you jump off sides like an idiot, like a doofus. But that's fine. At least that's a football thing that can happen. So they go down, they get the touchdown. All the, all the Raiders have to do is convert third and one. That's it. And the game's over. The clock will go to two minutes. Rams have no timeouts left. They take three knees. The game's over. They can't convert third and one. And then this just. It was, it was Clell and Farrell. Uh, first round, fourth overall pick. I thought it was. Who jumped off sides. Yeah, who jumped off sides. Okay, that's yeah, different. Yeah. I'm oh, talking okay, about... Sorry, the, sorry. That, again, like, that's not good. <laughs> yeah, it can't yeah. happen. But it happens. But it's... <laughs> jumping off sides happens in football. Like, it's a thing that occurs. P.I. happens, too. Swiping the ball out of somebody's hands like you're six is the dumbest thing I've ever seen a football player do. Oh, and by the way, it almost certainly eliminated them from the playoffs. <laughs> Way to go, Chief. <laughs> Way to go. Look, I wasn't getting the cover at that point anyway, so I don't really care. But my God, that's the dumbest thing that's I've ever gotta seen. That's got to be a hard one in the locker room. Actually. Oh my! Like, like how does anybody teammate? look at you? Yeah. And I, I guess like they all failed too because they like let the, yeah, the Rams let go, go down, down, down the, field. the field. Yeah. But like my God, yeah, that was man. over. <laughs> completely unforced. Like, like that, that exactly right. Yeah. It's one thing to give up a play. Like the other team's trying to. This is not that. Yeah. No one was the trying. Other team's <laughs> trying to. You purposely tried to ruin. It's almost like he had money on it. It's almost like sure. Tillery had money on the Rams to win outright. It was insane. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Um, this day in 1984. It's 12-4. Yeah, I know. Uh, they're about to start PKs. Yeah, all right. Come on, quick. <laughs> uh, Eric Dickerson uh, broke A.J. Simpson's uh, 1973 single-season rushing record with well, whatever happened, Whatever happened yards. to that Simpson fella? Whatever yeah, happened yeah. to him? Uh, but that was uh, on December 9th, 1984. Trace McGrady also had 13 points. In is the this final a thing we're doing? Are we doing an on this day thing now moving forward? I, I just, well, I'm not I didn't opposed, have, I I'm not opposed to an yeah. on this day. I, and I, I saw these. Uh, they're still on the StatMuse front page. Thank you, StatMuse. Oh, oh, Trace McGrady. That. That yeah, Griffin just doesn't want to admit that he takes everything directly from StatMuse. That, he doesn't, I, well, I use doesn't do a lot of work. <laughs> I mean, StatMuse is a really great tool. I have to put in the question that I want to answer. Speaking of tools, go ahead, Griffin. You got it. You got it. You got it. Fair. Go ahead. Thirteen <laughs> points in thirty-three seconds. Trace McGrady in two thousand four. That was something. That was <laughs> <laughs> now he's sad. Now go. Um. All right. For my tidbits, I was. Uh, let's do this one. Uh, position players who have played. So obviously free agency and uh, MLB offseason players yes. moving around. Uh, but somebody put together a list of. Uh, it was Jay Kudo on Twitter. Uh, shout out him. Uh, players who played in at least one game for the same team every year since twenty thirteen. MLB players. Baseball. Yes. They played in one game You're for on the own. same team <laughs> yeah, thanks, every thanks, single year. <laughs> so, like, you know, they bat playing through injuries. Like, they didn't miss an entire season. And the, and they haven't, leave te- haven't left teams. Yeah, they have not changed teams since 2013. There are 13 of these guys. Did which Joey is, Votto play a game in every year? He did. Joey Votto is on the list. You all right over there? You're Croatia made the first straight down the middle. <laughs> God's sakes. That's where we are. <laughs> All right, maybe we can't do this. Maybe you just have to tell me because it's going to be too distracting. Okay. Uh, okay. Right, uh, uh, hang on a second. Let me think. Yeah, should we go get a couple? Uh, should I be able to? The problem yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. Um, since I guess 2000 we'll teams, when? Since 2013. There's Angels player. 
Angels player. Uh, uh, Trout. Mike Trout. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Cleveland Guardian player. Guardian. Uh, really? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's been in the league that long. I think the guy that you're thinking of. Cab- Ramirez? Yes. Really? Jose, Has Jose been Ramirez. I didn't think so. Yes. All right. Uh, Cardinals. Cardinals is... Cardinals is... Oh, uh, well, Molina, doing, re- Molina retired, though. Does he count? He counts because uh, we okay, Mol- since 2013. Molina. Yes, uh, we, and we are doing just position players because I think, right. I guess, Wainwright. Well, yeah, probably. obviously Wainwright. Um, there's a Rays player. This one's tough. Rays player. Oh, there's a, is there really a Rays yeah, player that's yeah. been on the team that <laughs> yes. long? That seems very unlikely. He is unlikely. a free agent this this winter. In, uh, Kiermaier? This, yes, Kevin okay. Kiermaier. All right. uh, Giants infielder? Giants infielder. Two Giants infielders. Uh, uh, Crawford? Crawford is one. Belt? Brandon Belt is the okay. other. Uh, Tigers. I mean, are you kind of Cabrera? Is yes. that okay? Yeah, yeah. Cabrera. Um, this guy is on a new team, Boston Red Sox. Bogarts. Yep. Yeah. Sandra Bogarts. Uh, two more uh, Rockies player and a Astros player. How is it? How could there possibly be a roster a Rocky on this list? How, there's no way there's a Rocky that's been there for that long. Just tell me because it's Chuck great. Nasty, Charlie, Charlie Blackman. Oh, it's really Charlie Blackman been mm-hmm. there that long? Yes. Okay, all right. And then Jose Altuve of the Astros. I probably would have guessed that, actually. All right, there you go. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's 12.43. Oh, and Lori Garcia. Sorry, left him off of the White right. Sox. Lori right. Garcia. It's, 12, it's 12.43. Mike has given up. He's watching PKs. Croatia made their second straight down the middle and saved Brazil's first. Oh, no. Oh, John Proctor is... Oh, my God. He's got a huge erection right now. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, t- tubular. Tubular brought to you by what? Brazil made their second. Oh, okay. Are you guys not on the same? I think one of you in front of the other? No, we're, we're, yeah, we're pretty locked in right now. All right, very <laughs> good. Pressboxonline.com slash offers. Sign up for all of the incredible offers right now that are available for you for online sports betting, but they're not going to last forever, so go do it right now. Highlights for the weekend, tubular-wise. Uh, tonight, not really anything, if I'm being honest with you. I guess, obviously, there's another uh, Netherlands-Argentina coming up at 2 o'clock on Fox. Tomorrow on Fox, Morocco-Portugal, 10 a.m., England-France at 2. Of course, Army-Navy tomorrow at 3 on CBS. College basketball tomorrow. Morgan-UMBC is at 5.30 on Masson, actually, on TV. But go out. and That's a great one to get out to tomorrow at 5.30. Uh, Loyola's at Mount St. Mary's tomorrow night at 7 on ESPN+. Plus, uh, everything else. Uh, Heisman Trophy presentation tomorrow night, 8 o'clock on ESPN. Of course, the Terrence Crawford fights on pay-per-view, as is uh, UFC 282. But get to the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel to watch those. Teofimo Lopez is fighting tomorrow night at 9 o'clock as well on ESPN. So you can watch that. Sunday, Raven Steelers at 1 on CBS. Fox, Eagles, Giants at 1. Bucks, 49ers at 425. NBC, Dolphins, Chargers at 820. Maryland women take on UConn, 3 o'clock on ABC Sunday. Maryland men take on Tennessee at 430 on Fox Sports 1 on Sunday. Um, Navy Towson, 4 o'clock on Sunday on NBC Sports Washington. That game's on TV as well. Everything else, GlennClarkRadio.com. Yeah, Sunday. some. Uh, yeah, it kind of sucks that it's. I know. Like, I wish, anyway, that's a conversation for another day. I don't want to do that today. I've got. I've <laughs> got, got a lot got of. I've got time. a lot of opinions. I don't. I don't. Twelve forty-five. Twelve forty-five. All right, uh, Miley. Imagine if we started to play, an- play another segment of the Tyus Bowser <laughs> show. Miley Cyrus will be on uh, Jimmy Fallon. Uh, her, they just announced that Dolly Parton and Miley Cyrus will be hosting a New, York, New Year's Eve celebration. Okay, this is the weirdest dream I've ever had in my life. I had a dream last night. With they, Dolly Parton? It, not kidding. I had a dream that they announced a surprise Dolly Parton show at a very small venue in Baltimore, like a 100-seat venue. <laughs> 
and, and you got it. And I, like the entire dream, this, I, this is such a straight shoot. The entire dream <laughs> was based around the lengths I was trying to go to get into this, like at soundstage, like a Dolly Parton show. It's a, what? Nothing. Tell me. Croatia's up 4 2. They, oh and God, uh, Brazil, Brazil has two shots. Brazil hasn't taken the fourth. Yes. Oh, they still have so, to. Yes. So it's so now, if, it's now is, if they miss or Croatia makes, it's, it's, it's over. All right, very yeah. good. Wow. Holy crap! I gotta. I'm gonna have to Venmo John Proctor 160. dollars I hate that. I hate that for him. I hate that. Uh, your your uh, dream? Yeah, I'm done. Okay. I'm done. <laughs> we gotta go, man. Guillermo del Toro's uh, Pinocchio was on Netflix. Um, his rendition of it, like the live action I style. I didn't know that or, was a or thing. Like, or it's or it's still animated, but it's like I had no very kind of like. I, John, creepy. I know it's the longest show we've ever done in the history. Of, I'm sorry. Uh, it's some, out of control. Something out uh, of that one. This one doesn't matter. Prime Video Movie. Uh, Today was the day we had all the guests. It just happened to work. Early in the week, I couldn't <gasps> buy a guest. What? Brazil's out of the World Cup. He oh, my the God. Off the crossbar. Oh, my God. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Yeah. All right. Anyway. Uh, who cares about Pinocchio? Nobody uh, cares. Apple TV movie uh, Emancipation uh, with uh, Will Smith, who's a, a oh a yeah, that's a big. Yeah, a lot of people yes. think that if not for what happened, he probably would be the front runner for to win mm. Best Actor again. But probably going to be awkward. Yeah. Um, Him and that lineman <laughs> can't <laughs> stop slapping. It's a wonderful binge on Who's Hulu. What, what are you talking the about? ball out of his hand. Oh, okay. I'm like, what are you talking <laughs> Those two. about? Well, he could join that new Dana White league, though. Sure. It's the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. Those they're running, pro- the they're running promos for it during Thursday Night Football, and all I can think to myself is like, you know what? Remember what Trent Dilfer was saying about our country? <laughs> He's right. <laughs> Dana He's White right. is the problem. Like, they, that's a thing. It's just slap. Like, that's it. There's no value to it at all. All Sorry. the Brazil fans are sad. Well, I imagine. <laughs> they were going nuts. They were up 1-0 yeah. like five minutes ago. Uh, it's a wonderful bin, so you can get drunk, stoned, or high one night a year, and it falls on Christmas Eve. Uh, this is on Hulu. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Um, uh, night at the Museum has an animated movie coming out on Disney+. No, Plus. come on. We're done. Peacock, Ticket to Paradise is coming to streaming uh, with George Clooney and Julia Roberts. That movie. Oh, I did want to see that, actually. Yeah, that's on Peacock yeah. now. Uh, Steve Martin, Martin Short, Saturday Night Live. Yes, uh, that is a big deal. Musical guest with Brandy Ch- Carlisle. Um, I like Brandy Carlisle, but not as much as everybody else likes Brandy Carlisle. Like, I think that she has really great songs, and I think she has other songs that are just kind of fine. But we decided that we love Brandy Carlisle, so we're not allowed to say that. Okay. You move on to the next. You keep going. Uh, That's the way there's it, another. If you have nothing CBS, to add. Yeah, sorry. There's CBS. Uh, what was the horses song she did? That song was a ten and a half. That song was amazing. But some of the other, like the joke, the one that everybody loved, I was like, "That's okay." Sorry, Got you it. don't know anything about Brandy Carlisle. So why am I doing this? Uh, must love Christmas is the CBS like Hallmark movie. Of the okay, week that they've it, been that they've been. Uh, but seriously, anything else that matters? That, uh, Yellowstone and White Lotus new episodes. And do people love those shows? Yeah. Maybe we should have led with those. The White Lotus episode's good. You've already watched it. Yeah. Oh. During the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Son of a bitch. That is it. <laughs> Micah just comes here to watch soccer and White Lotus. <laughs> That's all he's here for. Are we finally, did we mercifully reach the end? <laughs> we did. The we longest did. show ever. If somehow you got to this point, I'm not kidding. If you got to this point, I don't care when, in the next 24 hours, if you got to this point of the show, message me at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. I will I will buy your spot in our college bowl, bowl pick them. I will do that. By the way, I still need a couple more for that. I do know that there are people that have bought their spots and haven't gotten in yet, so that's starting to get confusing. But I need a few more people for that. And I tell you what. Um, somebody who signs up, I'm going to throw in a pair of passes to see Avatar Ooh. on Tuesday night. So you want to see Avatar before everybody else can on Tuesday night at uh, Lowe's White Marsh. 
I got a pair of passes for you. And if you get into our college football bowl pick 'em contest, then, I, then if you just say, "Hey, I want in. I want the avatar passes." Uh, I I got I got a pair of passes for you. I have one more left because I think we had already had a couple people who I think claimed or, you know what? They haven't donated yet, so I might have more than one. You got to actually get your money in before you get the pass. That's the way it goes. But if you say that you want them, email me right now, glennclarkradio at gmail.com. And I already I watched it during the show. With Avatar? Yeah. <laughs> is, since it was three hours long. It was, it was long <laughs> enough, for sure. I don't even think I did. There's still a read I have to do. Oh, the Ginsu Kamado Grill. <laughs> GinsuGrills.com is the website. Use the code tailgate. Save $100. All right, thanks today, too. Stan the fan. I, I'm never going to remember everybody. Thanks to Charlie Batch. Thanks to Bo Smolka. Thanks to Diamond Miller. Thanks to Trent Dilfer. And thanks to Miles Boykin. We won't be able to fit it all on the name of the show because we don't no. get enough characters. If you missed anything, we'll get it up in the greatest hits section of the Archers. tab at glennclarkradio.com. But it might take us a couple of hours. <laughs> God. Tomorrow morning, the bat around from 10 to noon with uh, Paul and Zach. And they, I don't think, go to 1. I think they go to like 12.15. I think they do a more reasonable <laughs> time frame. Uh, that's tomorrow morning on the bat around. They'll be talking baseball. Obviously, a lot to talk about this week. Not necessarily in Baltimore, but everywhere else. Um, and then we'll be back on Monday. Uh, we will recap Raven Steelers. Also, Brad Nessler is scheduled to join us after he calls Army Navy on Saturday. Um, sure, we'll talk to him on Monday anyway. All right, unless something crazy happens in the Ravens game, in which case we'll have to move some things around. That's the way that it will go. Thanks to everybody at Pressbox, all of our great sponsors and partners, the Baltimore County Police Department, Problem Gambling, Glory Days Grill, Royal Farms, Casa Sin, Maryland Jockey Club, the Baltimore Area Chick-fil-A Restaurants, Great Eights Memorabilia, FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, Maryland Vascular Specialist, the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill, UMBC Athletics, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Micah at Micah.Ernest on Instagram. Thanks to Griffin, Griffin underscore Bass on Twitter. Follow us, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great weekend. Go Navy, beat Army. Go local hoops teams and go Ravens. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks too.